Deo Okanee. Okan Okanee. Okanayi? Okanayi. Yeah, I think Okanayi. I'm going to butcher that. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to do a Google search. You know what you need? You need, please put up phonetically, Google. Hold on a sec. This may or may not work. Okay, Google. I don't think it talks back is the problem. How do you pronounce Deo Okanee? It search. I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> it's not going to do anything. Thank you. It doesn't, it doesn't talk. Thank you, Genesis. Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Kevin Keen. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Terminator Genesis, released by Paramount Pictures on July 1st, 2015, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jason Clark, Amelia Clark, Jai Courtney, J.K. Simmons, Dio Okanini, Matthew Smith, Courtney B. Vance, and Byung Hun Lee. Written by Leita Calogridis and Patrick Lussier. Directed by Alan Taylor. No relation between Amelia Clark and Jason Clark, apparently. Uh, Just no, a coincidence. No, I, uh, I hadn't really thought about that. I, <laughs> I guess I can never get Khaleesi really out of my head, so I don't think of anything. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that later. I've got some opinions about Amelia Clark in this movie. But uh, first things first, I just want to start with this question. Is Terminator Genesis the third best Terminator movie? Yes or no? For me, I was going to open up saying, I know I defended more than you Terminator 3, and I might have a little bit Terminator Salvation. I think by far and away, it's not even close. This is the third best Terminator. I agree completely. There are a lot of people who really dislike this movie and think yeah. it's really bad. And I, it's a, it's a lot of, There's a lot of silly stuff in this movie, but it's... I mean, at least it's trying. It's really, really trying hard to entertain. There, and there's, look, there's certainly weaknesses. We've, we've discussed many times on, prop, on almost every Terminator episode since Terminator 2. So it, definitely 3 and Salvation. And we'll probably say it on this one. There really didn't need to be any Terminator movies made after Terminator 2. No. Th- that said, I hadn't seen it since we saw it in theaters. This is a pretty good movie. I, I like this movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's total nonsense. So, <laughs> but it, anything with time travel, especially as convoluted as this time travel gets, it's going to be silly. Well, this movie is more convoluted than any other, any previous Terminator movie. Oh, then it, it, I yes. mean, the, the first Terminator is very clean. I think it handles yeah. time travel very well. Yes. But that's the thing, is each movie that you make, it seems like it's getting messier and messier. Right. I mean, we talked about it even on T2. Yeah. At least I remember bringing it up. Just like, they don't, they don't justify why did, why did these two Terminators go back in time? What were the circumstances in the future that caused them to go back? They never explain it. No. You know, unlike T- T1, where they explain that they attacked. You know, basically, what we see at the beginning of this movie is what Kyle tells Sarah in the first Terminator. It had, had, basically, this was the last move, move on the chessboard for the machines. Yeah. So, I, could, I mean, yeah, you're right. As the... As the series has gone on, it is it's unavoidable that it becomes more and more convoluted. Yeah. But this I mean, Terminator Genesis just dives headfirst into the crazy timeline nonsense. I've got I've got a point, and we can, I don't know we can just talk about it now. I can find my notes. I at some point in this episode, whether it's now or later, I want to do a deep deep dive into the entire Terminator timeline, the time <laughs> travel. Like we gotta we gotta untie this knot. 
isn't that one that you start pulling on a thread and the whole the whole thing? Possibly. I want to, I want to test the integrity of this franchise, whether okay. or not it all holds up. <clears throat> That's fair. At least I got out of you. What I was afraid is that this was going to be like T3 and you and I were going to maybe be doing battle. But to me, this was just hands hands down the, the third best. And the fact that people just hated this movie so much, I, I don't know. I get the feeling that it's, they didn't, I don't know. That they, I'm not sure if they even saw the movie. They just wanted to hate it because the trailer ruined so much of the movie. That's my that's my hypothesis. Okay, I'm not sure if that. I, I agree totally with that. I mean, I I don't want to like. I don't. I want to assume that those the people who disagree with us are coming from like an invalid point of view. Like, I think people have perfectly valid reasons to dislike this movie. It seems like you're okay. saying that like they didn't understand it or they were spoiled by the the trailer or whatever. Like, I you know there, I, there are valid reasons to dislike this movie. I don't think. Okay, it's I, like a slam dunk amazing movie no i don't think it's a, a slam dunk amazing movie but i guess i would ask, i'd like to ask the same people that hated hated this movie a lot what their thoughts were on t3 and salvation and if they if they rank those behind it and they just hate all of them okay. then i'm okay with that yeah but if if one of those for what other two for whatever reason they rank ahead of it then i i, I question where they're coming from I can see i can see a valid reason to like salvation more than this like i think you and i are not huge fans of it but we're kind of lukewarm on salvation, right? Isn't at, that at kind best. of yeah. T yeah. three is by far and away the worst. Okay, so you still think it's the worst, even yeah. though you kind of liked it. Yes, I I liked it more than you. It's, it's I hate T three. See, I don't hate T three. Yeah. I think there are some things in there that are fun. Well, I but I think it's funny because I think Terminator Genesis has the exact opposite problem of T three. T three is very thin. It's a copy of T two. Only there's no like stop. I mean, they go through the motions like we're going to stop Judgment Day, and then they fail. Um, you know, so, but they go through the motions, but it's not really part of the plot. It's really just, you know, Terminators show up, chase around Kyle for a while, and then and the world explodes. No, and, and it's just a bigger budget in terms of CGI. Maybe not bigger like, budget, but more advanced that they were able to do more because it was, you know, how many, a decade later. But the point, my point is the plot is so thin. It's just oh, one yeah. long chase. There's almost no plot to it at all. No, there isn't. There's no story. Whereas Terminator Genesis is so overstuffed with plot. This is... Three or four movies crammed into one movie. Really? You think that much? Yes. Okay. Well, then we're going to get into I it. I could break it down, right? I'll break it down right now. You got Here's your four movies. You've got future, end of future war part. I mean, you could do a whole movie of showing Kyle and John, you know, and the fighting in the battle. future and the final battle and discovering yeah. the time machine and looping it back around. You could make a whole movie about that. You could make a whole movie about alternate 1984, right? That's like, what, 10 to 15 minutes in this movie? It's about 15 minutes. I have to admit, I... I think I'd be very interested in that. I think so too. Like almost a, a pseudo remake of Terminator One, but the whole point is how the timeline changed and look how different things are. But that's kind of what I was hoping it was: is that most of the movie would be in 1984. It's not. It's not. It's a very short sequence. I mean, that, that's two out of four. Okay. Genesis 2017 stuff. That's three. You, you can make a whole movie just that. And Sarah Connor in 1971, nine-year-old Sarah Connor. Yeah, I you guess. can make a movie about that. So of those, I think probably the least interesting would be the Genesis 2017, because that would seem, at least to me, seem to be like kind of all the other movies that have been done. Yeah, I think that's the weakest. St- I mean, unfortunately, it's the majority of this movie, but I think that's the weakest yeah. section. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into the details, you know, but just there's so much going on. There's so much going on. And there's, you know, 
Skynet is now a mysterious British man. You know, there is John Connor has become a Terminator. There's, you know, timeline shenanigans like we've been alluding to and far as far as like everything has changed and Kyle's going right. back to 1984 and everything's different. And there's a T-1000 there that we never understand. Where did that come from? I guess it came back like there's so much stuff happening in this movie, yeah. you know, and, you know, Genesis is like obviously like the whole like apps and how like now that's now that's skynet it's it's way too overstuffed that's the big it's biggest problem but i mean it's it's coming from a good place it's coming from a place of like this movie is trying so hard to please yeah and i you know when we first saw it too i i was more critical of it when it was in theaters walking out of theater because i also had this uh this idea in my head that it was a rushed movie that they were putting it out just because they wanted to try and get you know, a series or three of them done before the rights reverted to Jim Cameron. And I, I think I was biased going into it. And now that I, you know, that that's not going to happen at this point. Right. So this is going to probably, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe not, but it seems like it's going to probably be a throw kind of a throwaway movie. But I think I was unfairly judging it in 2015 when I saw it, that I just thought that it was another money grab like T3. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it, or if it was a money grab, they were working a lot harder to make it a better movie. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I th- it seems like it was made by people who really do like and care about the Terminator franchise, even if they were taking the franchise in strange directions. Like, it's still there. It was. It's still fun. I think it's kind of funny how Terminator Salvation was originally announced to be the first in a trilogy, and then that fell apart. And then this, the Terminator Genesis, was supposed to be the first in a trilogy, and then that one fell apart. I kind of wish James Cameron had announced that the new one was going to be the first in the trilogy, and then we'd have a trilogy of first, <laughs> fail, potentially failed right, trilogy. a trilogy of failed trilogies. It's not Star Wars. You don't need to like break it into trilogies. Just oh. make individual movies. Who cares? I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, um, I, I didn't have any kind of overriding, overriding thoughts on this one. I mean, I don't this, know if you do. this is going to be another one of. I think the the movie is greater than the sum of its parts because this movie has a ton of flaws. And I, you know, oh, absolutely. As we dig into specifics, we're gonna. There's a lot of like specific things that make absolutely no sense, and it's really silly, and it's like just the the craziness of all the alternate realities, and it, it's it's a movie that is has so much plot that it, I think it literally spends like half of its runtime having characters explaining the plot to each other, <laughs> just all the time. Well, the timeline has changed, and you thought you came back to save me, but actually, I'm here to save you. And then someone went back to 1971 and the Terminator, and I had to fight the Terminator, and I swam in a straight line. And da, da, da. it's just there's so much to explain that the movie's just full of people explaining things to each other. It's just a lot of that, um, and, and, and it, the details of those things will are going to fall apart. It's just inevitable. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean we don't like this movie. We know, but we've also said it many times: time travel is it's almost impossible to keep it together. So. Well, I mean, tell me if you, whenever you want to pull the trigger on that timeline. No, let's do it in, in in order when it's in your notes. Let's let's dive in. Okay, I don't care. I mean, I, I have it like a third of the way. I think it's when he goes back in time. All right, then it's not that far, and you'll yeah. remember. Okay, I mean, I've, I, it's in my notes. So when we get there, we'll get there. So I'm going to open up with a thing that I, I do have a beef on this. I'm going to open up with a negative, even okay. though overall I like it. And it's not even. It's, it's 1984. Where's the beef? Go for it. <laughs> Can you can you explain to you me? You really hate me now. <laughs> You're really upset about that. <laughs> you got you got me on that. However, <laughs> I thought it was an awful joke. Are you upset because I made a horrible joke, or are you upset because I? I'm upset that I walked into that. Actually, <laughs> okay. So the the beef that I have is, and it's not necessarily his acting, which isn't great. But can can you explain to me the choice on Jai Courtney? And here's the reason I want to ask this: one, 
I want to know why they didn't just get Anton Yelchin to do it. But I don't buy Kyle Reese as this physically jacked guy. That That's not who Kyle Reese is. If he's survived what the future is supposed to be. There's not you're not pumping pumping iron and eating enough to look like Jai Courtney. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. Um, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean honestly, I, th- I think when we saw it in theaters, I was more down on Jai Courtney's performance. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think that's weak too. But when I was going through it on on this viewing, I'm like that's not who Kyle Reese is. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're right. I, I never really thought about it one way or another. You don't really get a sense of. Kyle's physicality all that much in the first movie, right? I mean, he's kind of... You, he's always wearing that jacket. Or, well, or, not when he first gets there. I get, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, he took my pants, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that guy took my pants. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm very I, disappointed in the guy that cast that bum. He's, he's not captured the performance oh, of the Terminator 1 guy. Not at all, because I could actually understand him, which was a problem, <laughs> right, exactly. which was a problem in the first... But maybe it's because they didn't really have... They didn't have the, the, the score in the background that you hate. That's true, yeah. They recreated the score a couple of times, but not that part. They knew better than be like, the, the cat's dancing on a keyboard. <laughs> that didn't work, and they knew not to re- redo it. Anyway, sorry, I derailed. No, it, it's fine. So, I mean, it, it's not a huge issue. It's just that's one of the things that, when I went back and through this, I'm like, I, well, one, I would love to have just seen Anton Yelchin, to be honest. I mean, his... Yeah, I mean, it's clear that they weren't gonna... They didn't want to have any connection to Salvation. I, I, I understand. If they it, wanted to start fresh. If he wasn't such a great actor and really made me believe that he, he was Michael Bean, I understand it, but I still kind of, I think it could have been a little bit better with, with Anton Yelchin. Oh, I, uh, there's no question Anton Yelchin is a better, better actor than Jack yes. Courtney. Yeah. Um, I don't hate Jack Courtney's character, uh, his performance as much as I did originally, although it's okay. not good. No. It's not as bad as I remember it being. But uh, yeah, I mean, actors like size or whatever, like, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been so buff. But, you know, when you're recasting a part, you're going to, you know, I mean, Christian Bale was very different physically than Nick Stahl or whatever. You know, it's yeah, like I, different actors are going to bring a different kind of physical I guess. stature. You know, it doesn't bother me so much. Okay. But, I mean, you're right. It's wrong for the character. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have cast someone so you yeah, know, I, muscular for the part. I, it, it's not a huge issue, but it's just something that I noticed. When you then combine it, I mean, if he was a great actor... I probably wouldn't notice it much. Well, I mean, Michael Bean also didn't have a horse face, so it's like, <laughs> you know, like, everything's different. Jai, Michael Jai White looks like he was like built in a lab or something. Michael Jai White. Or not Michael Jai White, you're right. Jai Corden. <laughs> it's because of the Jai. That's awesome. That's, that's a very different person. Yes, it is. <laughs> so this Boy, one... Michael Jai White, I would, I would take Michael Jai White as... as <laughs> Over Jai Courtney? You know, you know if you're going to change the, his change physicality... Totally up. Yeah, just go to start fresh. So this one opens, uh, Kyle Reese is doing the, uh, the voiceover. Yeah, so Sarah's gotten one, John Connor's gotten one, now Kyle's getting one. Arnold never gets to do the voiceover. I, no. want, I demand in the next one Arnold gets to do the voiceover. At the I, it's funny, I was kind of thinking the same thing. that I want, you know, because if he has any sort of cameo in that movie, I'm sure it's not going to be long. Really? I thought he was going to have a major part. I don't know. I'm just, I'm speculating. I haven't read anything on it. No, I'm pretty sure he's... Okay, well then if he has a major part... I demand the same thing. Yeah. And, if, and if anything, you and I have credibility on this because we have dedicated many hours to this podcast on his career. James Cameron should give us this. I think so. I mean, I, I think if anyone has the, the kind of is in a position to be to speak on this, it's us. You know, that or I'll take a text crawl like Terminator Salvation or like Terminator 1. Okay. I'm fine with the text crawl. I mean, you need something at the beginning to catch people up on in case I, they haven't seen it. I so. have to admit, though, I would like pops with a. With a two-minute, maybe not two-minute, maybe a minute 
opening monologue. I, I mean, I, I doubt they're going to pick up from the end of Terminator Genesis, but like that would be funny if just like, I was thrown into a vat and I turned into liquid metal, you know? Like, <laughs> you should just focus on his how, own experience. Somehow everything around me was exploded, but the vat did not explode. <laughs> or I, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna, I don't want to jump to the part that we, we need to save this conversation for later, but like it would be funny if his, his narration in the next Terminator was all about those 33 years where he was just hanging oh, around. That actually, if you and I were writing it, that's probably <laughs> what we would do. Let me tell you the list of jobs that I had while I was waiting I around. I many things and learned many skills. I'm really anxious to get to that conversation, but we need to save it. <laughs> so it opens up with Kyle Reese, and he's given the uh, the monologue. And as you said, it's kind of it is I, it it opens up in a in an interesting way because it gives the point of view and changes it up from past movies, and I like that. I, I'm sure it's not intentional. I'm sure it was just like, well, it probably makes the most sense for Kyle to do the narration because. He's the one like weirdly weirdly jumping between timelines yeah. and it's like he knows the most but yeah it is kind of cool in hindsight that as the series is going on it's been showing these different points of view of basically the same event. Yeah. Cuz usually they're all talking about Judgment Day, right? Yeah. In all three of the narrations it's like here's what Judgment Day is, etc. So yeah, you get Sarah's point of view, you get the, I mean John's is speculative, right? His narration is from before Judgment Day. I guess Sarah's is too. Yes. They're just yeah, so I guess it's the first time we're getting a point of view of Someone who has actually experienced post Judgment Day, post Judgment Day world. Yeah, because ter- the Terminator just opens with the crawl, right, and kind of outlines it. Yeah, it, it's it's a text. It's not even a crawl. It's just text. It's, you yeah. see, you see the future, and it just shows text saying, you know, machines yeah. take over the world, et cetera. You know, once again, we're seeing the nuclear apocalypse. You know, the second time after T three. I think in both cases, it's a little too bloodless. I agree, but I'm sure it was because of a PG-13 rating. Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. Is this the first PG-13 or was Salvation PG-13? I think Salvation was 13 as well. Oh, you're right, because there was a director's cut with some nudity added. Yes. Yes, so that was the arc. Moon, blood, good nudity. You're right. But, I mean, you don't see, you you never see nuclear, you know, I'm sure there's a way you could do it to really sell the horror in a way and still make a PG-13, because it's like, the first two Terminator movies, like, all of this series' gravitas is built on knowing what the true horror of like a nuclear annihilation is. Yeah. You know, those dream sequences in T2. It's like, T2 is, yeah, it's tough. It's intense. Yeah. And here it's just like, it looks like independence day. It does not sell you on the gravitas at all. Do you, I, let me ask you this. Do you think some of that though is, I and maybe I'm just living in the past too much. Do you think some of it is independence day because I don't know, CGI seems to be less real in some ways than when they were working with models. Yeah. I mean, that could be part of it. I don't. I don't know if that's the case, and maybe again, I'm just harking back and you know remembering movies when, when I was younger that I enjoyed maybe more than some of the movies today. I wonder if that's some of it. Well, I mean, it doesn't have any of the imagery that T2 has with like Sarah's no. skeleton, like the no. skin being blasted off her body, yeah, and she's like banging on the fence or you know pulling. Yeah, on the fence it's or... truly horrifying imagery. You know, there's nothing like that. CGI or no, there's nothing like that. No. My note in my comments is I was waiting for the dog to heroically leap away from the nuclear blast to safety, like an Independence Day, because <laughs> it does have that kind of a vibe to it. That's a good note. I distinctly remember, not to make this about Independence Day, but I, st- I distinctly remember being in the movie theater, watching Independence Day, being way into it. And then that dog thing happened, and I went like, wait a minute, this movie might be bad. And then it's, it was like all of a sudden I was it seeing... Switched. It was like I put on the, the They Live glasses. It's just like, oh... <laughs> Oh my God! This movie's bad. <laughs> the rowdy, rowdy Piper. Yeah, exactly. Glasses. That's awesome. So anyway, so then we get um, we we get the the future, and it's a young Kyle Reese. 
younger than Anton Yelchin, Kyle Reese. Oh, before we move on to that, I, I noticed that in that Kyle dates Judgment Day, and once again, it's 1997. Yes, rather than 2003, which is what T3 depicts, or 2004, whatever it is. They they went. I see. I I I, I forget in T3 that they do that. I always in ni- it's always 1997 in my head. Well, that's the thing. I think even in Salvation, it seems like it's implied that that's the future from T3. I've got notes about this later when we get to this nonsense. But, uh, so it's back to 1997, which does seem like, it kind of seems like this movie is ignoring T3 and Salvation. I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, it seems like it. It's a, you know, considering how much of an, a, a middle finger T3 was to T2, oh. <laughs> I think this movie is in particular a big middle finger to T3. <laughs> F U T three. I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. With Judgment you Day that. is nineteen ninety seven. Yes, T <laughs> three never. Happened. It is canon. Please don't modify. Yeah. But speak. But here is the thing that it does modify is that I the the introduction of John Connor and Kyle Reese. This this is not what Kyle originally explained that in the Terminator when he met. I was trying to remember. I didn't have John. time to actually rewatch. But like, does he say? Yeah, because doesn't does Kyle say in in the Terminator that. He first meets John when John rescues him from the camps or whatever it was. Yeah. That's when they first met. Yeah, and so Salvation plays with it, I guess. I know Salvation doesn't play with it because John actually does rescue him from the camp there. Right, they he, meet. John sends some planes looking for him first, which we said in Salvation. He's like, Connor just kept wasting those fighter jets yeah. just left and right. He was so desperate to find Connor. But that, that was the one thing. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure why they... Because they didn't need to have this scene where... John saves him in the sewer because that does not fit in with the rest of oh, but I the think, history of the series. But I think they're, you know, in in a lot of ways, I think they're implying that this future is not the same future. Okay, I mean, th- this is really the first Terminator that overtly shows that there are alternate timelines. Like the first four Terminator movies, it's kind of more like. Well, we changed the future. Yes. Like, you know, term, but, Terminators are appearing from possible futures, but, but the, the future is not set. Right. But it's still, it's one timeline, right? Exactly. And, and things in it have changed. And so that means the outcomes change, but the timeline doesn't go up, doesn't go down, and doesn't splinter off. It's just one. Yeah. It doesn't, there's no branching involved. It's no. just, you know, as you do things in the present, the future changes, and then things can appear from whatever future exists as of now. Right. Yeah, whereas now we're seeing a totally alternate 1984, so I think it's also an alternate 2029. Okay, that's fair. That's, I, that's what I assume. I hadn't thought about that, but I, I just want to at least discuss it, because it, it is different from Kyle's original story in The Terminator. Oh, yeah, it's very different. I mean, I, I, it doesn't seem like something that was like absent-minded, like, whoops, we made a mistake. It seems deliberate to me. Okay. I, I could be wrong. And then so you then start to get the history of John Connor, uh, the, the prophet, yeah, what do you think about Jason Clark as John Connor? Uh, so that, that's interesting. So we should do we need to rank the John Connors at some point? <laughs> I, I'm happy to do that if we ignore Sarah Connor Chronicles. I've only seen the first episode and I didn't like it, so I don't remember much about that kid from Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, I've only seen a couple. I've been told it's actually good, but I didn't like the pilot either. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it gets better, but that's that's exactly, like, I just watched the first episode. I went like, "Boo!" You know, I, I don't think I want to watch this. Th- see, that's the thing, though, is I think sometimes the pilot ep- sometimes the pilot episode can be amazing, and the show isn't that great, and, and vice versa. Yeah. But I've been uh, meaning to give it another try, but it's just it's a big commitment. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, let's just stick to the movies. Rank or rank our John Connors? Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to start at the bottom? Nick Stahl. Let's see. Is Nick Stahl the worst for me? So we got Furlong, Stahl, I, I put Bale. Stahl, I put Nick Stahl below, below Furlong. Oh, don't forget like, weird old John and T2. 
<laughs> he never speaks. He doesn't know? speak. That guy you doesn't just, count. You just see him. He just he just looks off into the distance. Yeah, he has he has uh, binoculars. Yeah, no, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ring him. He doesn't speak, so he doesn't count. You know, and I I like Nick Stahl as an actor, but I think you're right. He's probably the worst. He's definitely at the bottom of my list. You want to go number three? Number we'll go back and forth. Number three for me would probably be Ed Furlong. I agree. Ed Furlong's number three. Uh, my number two is Christian Bale. You're, you're going to go the reverse. No, like, I don't. I I like Christian Bale, but I'm not going to disagree with you. I actually. Oh, okay, we agree. Jason Clark, Jason is, Clark one of, is the best. Is one of the things I I like him in this movie. I thought I was coming in with a con- controversial no. opinion. I think Jason Clark is the best John Connor. Yeah, I, one reason why this movie is good. He the thing you know what he's he, I think he's really good at is that you really like him when when he's John Connor, right? He, right. He's, he doesn't seem like this. Well, I think what we talked about was that for John Connor to be this, you know, leader, there has to be something to him that is not just heroic, right? But you have to want to follow the guy, and like I could see where you want to sit down with this version of John Connor and just, yeah, totally BS, have a conversation. He seems like an actual person. He's yeah, he's very, not he, just a myth. You've hit the nail exactly on the head. He is very human. The movie humanizes the character in a way that I think. It's afraid to, especially in Salvation, where it's like the first Terminator in particular really puts him up on a pedestal, like the great John Connor, and you're his mother, and oh my goodness, you have to give birth to this great hero. Right. And yeah, this is the first time where both parts of that character are actually evident, where he's a great leader and an inspirational figure, and I want to play his, his speech to the troops, because I love it. Okay. Absolutely love his speech to the troops. But then, yeah, also you get the moments that are very human or, you know, him and Kyle are talking about like, what are you going to do when this is all over? And he says, yeah. I'll just have a beer, you know? No, like, I think that to me is great. The, is, is, and I think Jason Clark is good at it. And, and when later on, when he's proving in the future that, you know, he's John and not a machine, even though he is a machine, right? but a, a different kind of machine, I, I think those moments are really real and human too. And Clark gives a good Jason Clark gives a good performance. He gives a great performance. I love him as as John Connor, even as the evil doppelganger John Connor. I think he's good in that too. I think he's pretty good as the villain. Like I don't. I wish they hadn't have done that because I don't necessarily think it's an interesting twist. But he's a great villain. I mean, he he's the only Terminator that really has a personality. I mean, to a certain extent, the T eight hundreds do. Like you know, the, in Terminator two, he develops a personality, and he's, you know. John is teaching him how to yeah. you know, talk sass. And I mean, <laughs> but and it's like not really. No, but in some ways, what I like about T2, the villain, the T1000, is that he doesn't have a personality. And I think Robert Patrick's performance is really good. Oh, yeah, good. Robert Patrick. Yeah, but, I agree. But I, I, here's the thing that I think is the biggest loss, and you're right, is that we finally have a John Connor you like. Yeah. And he's dead, basically. <laughs> They finally got it right, and they basically killed him off. And credit to the writers, too. I mean, what a tightrope to walk to have a character be, you know, someone you would put on a pedestal and still be human, and they nail it. Yeah. This is John Connor. We're finally getting the real John <laughs> Connor. They just yank it right away. I know, it's really frustrating. that I mean, I'll put it this way. I can understand why they didn't keep any of the cast from Salvation to Genesis. I really hope... James Cameron keeps if he if John Connor's in the new Terminator, I really hope Jason Clark play, plays him because I, I love Jason Clark as John Connor. Yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends on you know timelines and you know what sure. you assume, right? But yeah, I I would be all for it. I opened up by criticizing Jai Courtney. I would like to see an improvement from from that. Yeah, I, I agree. 
I guess we didn't rank, rank the Kyle Reese's, but I think it's probably pretty easy to to rank the Kyle Reese's. I, you can't really fault, even though I think Anton Yelchin's a better actor than Michael Bean. Can you really not say that the original? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it would be tough to put anyone above Michael Bean. Yeah, but Anton Yelchin is right there because it, it's a spot on impersonation of. See, I don't even really think it's necessarily. I know when we did Salvation, you were really like impressed with his impersonation of. I yeah, I, at least for me, I thought, Bean. He, I thought he nailed him. I never even really noticed necessarily that I didn't notice that much of it, like in terms of like mannerisms. I just thought it was a great performance. Oh, okay. So like, but I mean, either way, I mean, it's it's yeah. Uh, Jai Courtney absolutely goes to the bottom of the yeah, <laughs> Kyrie's it's list. Not even close. I mean, even though I don't think he's as bad as I think people make him out to be, even what I thought at the time. So I don't know if you want to do a clip, but what, actually, I do what, want to do what's this coming up sequentially is exactly what you're talking about. Is the share basically having a beer is the is the scene that was next in our sequence anyway of you know what are you going to do when all this is over i, I don't know have well, a beer i also like that he hasn't thought about it which i mean makes sense for his character because this this is all he's winning the wars little bit his whole life yeah um but also i wonder if some of that has to do with the fact that and again i think this new movie is kind of ignoring t3 but in t3 he learns that he dies pretty shortly after this right so he, maybe he just thinks oh, i'm gonna die so What's the point? Yeah, like there is no after the war for him. But anyway, do, do you want to play this? Yeah, fire it up. Because I, I, I don't remember it as much as as you, so it didn't. It's it, intercut with the actual sequence. Like he's giving a speech, and then it cuts to them attacking. Right. And so this is actually then the the Trojan horse, which I, I actually really like this. I don't want to talk over it too much, but yeah, I have some comments about this. The fact that a Terminator actually has to drive a truck. I, they don't have a robotic truck. Strike at the very heart of Skynet. Yet here we stand. Like, even when he's of the final battle. Even when he's giving these big speeches, he's still very human and very relatable. Yeah. Tonight, I do like here that the machines are smart enough to figure out the old Trojan horse. True. So they, they shoot the dummy terminal. I look at each of you, and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. There's John kicking ass. Yep. I like this moment where he's just like, go! It's like they're in helicopters. I can't hear you. <laughs> Time machine. T-101. I love this f- freezer full of Arnold's. <laughs> For our children! Our children's children, so they will not carry these marks. They will know who we are. This thing reminds me of Ed 209, by the way, from RoboCop. Yeah. We did not give in. We rose up at this moment, at this hour, willing to sacrifice everything so that they can live in freedom. There's a lot to talk about here. I don't want to talk over. Yeah. We take back our world! That's great. I will go into battle right now for him. Uh, it's so, so good. So I agree with you. And what's funny, I, and I, I don't want to believe it either, but to me it's like the antithesis of Independence yes. Day. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say antithesis, antithesis of Terminator Salvation. Well, it is that too, but of Independence Day. I loathe that Bill Pullman oh, speech. Oh, I have a soft spot for Bill Pullman's speech. I, and I it's like terrible, but I have Don't a soft get spot me wrong. I like Bill Pullman, by the way, so I'm not banging on Bill Pullman. I just, I cannot stand that speech. This is the complete That dude giving an amazing salute. <laughs> Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> dumb <laughs> it's so dumb but it's awesome no I, but compare it to christian bale where it's like that's a real speech that would actually you can see why people would follow, you know, follow yes. him whereas <laughs> christian bale's just going if you do this we're all dead <laughs> what that's your your leader <laughs> you know that's not inspirational no <laughs> anyway I just wanted, I wanted to play that cuz i love that speech that you're right there is a lot going on in that sequence there's a body count which you you probably need to get to and i it was tough to count. It's pretty dark. Yeah, there's there's that one point, like ten guys get mowed down by that uh, at two oh nine. At two oh nine, you're talking about. Is that a new machine? I was trying to remember if it ever showed up before. It's like a spider walker. Or yeah, I don't remember seeing it. So I, and that, that's the reason I called it Ed two oh nine because I wanted to call it out because I think it's the first time I I remember seeing one in any of these movies. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the first time. But anyway, and so I, I counted eleven. I don't. It, it's either ten, eleven, whatever. So you're the official score scorekeeper, body I, keeper. I have thirteen. I had, oh wow. Well, I had eleven. And there's two more guys in a wide shot. Like okay. Did you did your eleven stop when that spider thing landed? Yep. Okay, because I have two more. It's the shot where they take cover by the truck after Kyle crashes the truck. All right. Because of course he crashes the truck, and of course Kyle Reese is driving too. Of course he's driving, <laughs> and of course he crashes the truck. <laughs> Has he ever driven a vehicle that he didn't crash? I, there's still times when I, when I was watching this, I thought the same thing. <laughs> our first, get out of the way. I'm Kyle Reese. I'm driving. I mean, technically, he does kick someone out of the front seat. It just happens to be a dead Terminator. Dead Terminator. He has a habit of kicking people out of the driver's seat because he insists on driving. Because he's Kyle Reese and he's <laughs> driving. Um, but yeah, they're, they're storming the, what we learn later is the time machine. Yeah, can I just say, they, John and Kyle are recklessly running. I, they are, yeah, agreed. Especially because when you consider the whole thing is, I mean, I guess they're trying to get to the time machine before the Terminator goes back in time, yeah. but they fail. But it's like, don't they, if, if the Colorado offensive, as they call it, because I guess they're somewhere else you know, in Colorado, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> they're attacking the central, some central core. Yeah, of Skynet. It's like Anakin shutting down the Trade Federation ship and all the robots. Power it down. It's the same thing. Um, but why, why attack? Why don't they just wait to see how Colorado goes? <laughs> and then if all the Terminators will be dead. It's just like it's waltz through. I guess. It's, I guess because they want to make sure they want to get there first. Get there before the T-101 gets sent back. But I agree, they're being very reckless. There's also a part where they, they don't know how to take cover. Because, I don't know if you noticed, they take cover by the truck, but no. they're, on, they're on the side facing all of the, the machines. I, mean, I missed that. They totally take cover on the wrong side of the truck. Uh, clearly, they did not deserve to beat the machines then. <laughs> no. But, um, but yeah, all the machines shut down. And they, learn. they power down, and the first tactical time weapon is, uh, is deployed. Yeah, I like the design of the time machines. This is the first time we're actually seeing the time machine. Yeah. And it it totally communicates what it is. It's like we've never seen this before, and instantly you see that thing, and you go, "Oh, that's the time machine." Yeah, it's great. It's, it really good, does a good job communicating what it is. the The only thing I had is it seemed like I I don't know it. My one viewing, my first viewing back through, it seemed like it was further deep down, and I couldn't figure out how how they'd be able to see it. But then then I think my second viewing through, 
it lined up better, so I kind of deleted that note. But but at first, I'm like, I don't understand. It seems like that's in like subterranean. How would they see it? But I think my second viewing through, I cleared it up. How would they see it from where? From, from when they were basically on the outside, recklessly trying to run in towards it. Oh, but I mean, isn't the idea that John knows this is here from all his future knowledge or something? Yeah, I'm just saying that the camera can, act, I guess, actually see it as opposed to John knowing that it's there. Oh, anyway, I, I don't remember. Yeah, my, my second viewing through it, it made more sense. So I just, I abandoned that note. I shouldn't even brought it up. All right, so speaking of the, the freezer full of Arnold's, I had a question about, like, those guys are just hanging out there. There's a war going on. You'd think you... Uh, they're not helping at all. They're just <laughs> put them to work. Yeah, put them to work. You don't need. Uh, I mean, well, only one's going back in time. Why doesn't Skynet send all those guys out to, to battle? Well, maybe they. Maybe it's like the sixth day, and they hadn't. You know, they were like eighty, eighty-four percent. Oh, cooked. they haven't downloaded their brains yet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, it seemed like the, like those are the draft dodgers of the machines. <laughs> like <laughs> the conscientious yeah, objectors. They're going to hide here in this this freezer. Uh, or, they're, or they're going to escape to the Terminator equivalent of Canada, which is the 20th century. <laughs> I'm going back to, t- I'll go kill Sarah Connor. Yes, just, those yes. Terminators just there to avoid the war. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Well, one of them does go back and is trying to kill Sarah Connor. Well, it presum- well it's the Terminator. Yeah, it's the classic Terminator. The T-101. Which effects hold up pretty good, the CGI Arnold. Yeah, and I... Um, it's not that much difference in terms of number of years, but I think I think it looks better than Salvation. Oh, much better. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. You know, I think the only time, you know, I think this is a problem with all CGI people in movies. I think it's to the point now where it, they can really create convincing human faces until they start talking. And then it's just robot face. I mean, in this case, it's, he's a robot, so it's actually it not that big perfectly. of a problem. There's some other recent movies that uh, it's much of a bigger problem. Okay. One that you've not seen. So we we get to Los Angeles in 1984. Yeah, and you know the impressive thing about this whole sequence is that Paramount, who's releasing this, they had the rights to make a Terminator sequel, but they didn't have the rights to the footage from the original movie. They couldn't just slap in the old movie. They had uh-huh. to recreate all of this from scratch, which is amazing because it looks exactly the same. It's fun. I didn't know that, that they didn't have the rights to that. Yeah. I thought that just because it was effectively a different timeline, they wanted it to feel very close but change enough things so it was unique to this movie i didn't know it was out of necessity right but it does uh, uh, and i well, like it's also out of pg-13 necessity because it's very carefully sh- placed shadows and body parts i i like to this this ad here of the t-800 just kind of taking in the the scenic view of of la because that's the first thing you get that's in the terminator is it yeah Man, my memory's getting... That's the shot where you see his ass, and they had to cover it up with shadows in this movie. Oh. Yeah, right. it's absolutely... That's, that's in the is, the is the shot as wide in the Terminator that you get as much? Probably, it's probably not, because I think this is a wider screen. This is a yeah. 2.35 ratio, okay. and I don't think the Terminator was that, that wide of a format. But no, I mean, it's it's pretty well recreated. I mean, down to, like, the guy in the garbage truck. Like, boy, they found a guy who looks really close to the original. So, some other characters did they did not find as close of a, a match. No, but those punks. Don't, <sighs> I'm not a big fan of the casting of those. Punks. No, that 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 was weak, and I, I just have it when we get there is Bill Paxton. It, it's too bad that they couldn't have found a way to make you extremely young yeah. and go back and 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 re deliver your performance. I thought I read somewhere that they reached out to him and he didn't want to. Appear. I think him and Robert Patrick, they reached out to both of them, and neither one of them wanted to do it. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So, but they could have done our CGI Bill Paxton. Like, you know, now that Bill Paxton has passed away, it's like, yeah, I want more Bill Paxton. They could have, if you're going to CGI Arnold, 
Why not? Bill Paxton's important enough. You should be CGIing Bill Paxton. Wash day, He's nothing not clean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those guys do not capture no. that scene at all. No, but I, I agree with you. I think everybody else does. Yeah, they do a really good job. I mean, yeah. l- less and less so as, I mean, obviously it's diverging more and more as it goes on, so yeah. they don't have to capture it as well. But yeah, I mean, in particular, this opening sequence where he arrives. Yeah. It's like exactly the same. So then from there, you cut back and, you know, everybody wants to uh, volunteer to go. But Kyle Reese is the one that uh, really needs to go because he, he, he loves Sarah. Yeah, he's already in love with her. Yeah. Which is that, does he say that in Terminator 1, that he fell in love with her before he even went back? Yeah. I couldn't cause, remember. Because he's got the picture when, you yeah, know, I guess. Frank, Franco Colombo. When, yeah, when, when I said those, the poor kids are watching the fire inside the burned out TV, yes, he's got exactly. the picture. That's true. That's his TV. Yeah. Well, there, <laughs> right. well, there's another difference because that fire burn, that, that picture burns, whereas he still has it. Yeah, you're right. The day you're of right. he, him going back. You're right. It didn't burn in this timeline. Time travel is so difficult. <laughs> I was also wondering when they were... Tra- well, first of all, the fact that they can figure out very easily how to operate this time machine, whatever. You have to buy it. Um, but I was wondering, like, what about those freezer... That freezer full of Arnold's? Did anyone find that? <laughs> it's like... Well, they'd be powered down, though, so it wouldn't matter. But aren't Terminators... I don't know. I guess maybe in this world... So I, I just feel like Terminators are independent in my mind, but maybe they aren't. No, I, mean, I don't seems think like, so. Yeah, I guess this movie is showing that they're, they're once all, everything's shut down, everything's shut down. Except for... The British Genesis right. somehow. Yeah. I, well, Skynet. He calls himself Skynet in the future. You're right. I think in, the, in 2017, he calls himself Genesis. They call him or something. Yeah, who knows? We'll get to that. I have some things. And we're not quite there yet. Well, we're, just, we're basically just about there. Do you have anything else? Because effectively, Kyle volunteers to go. Oh, yeah. I guess we are. Right and then, I mean, John gives him the speech that he needs to memorize to tell yeah, Sarah. That's a nice moment, too. I like yeah. that, the way they handle that. They tie it together well, and I think Jason Clark delivers it well. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about it. So what do you think about this guy as Skynet? I, I don't I don't understand it. I really don't like it. I don't think it's necessary. Why are you like personifying Skynet? No, I don't I This guy this actor, what's his name? Is Matt Smith, right? Yeah. You know, I I know he was a Doctor Who. I literally know nothing about Doctor Who. I don't think I've ever seen anything else that this guy's been in. But I, I, don't, I don't like the way he's portraying Skynet. No, you know what he reminds me of? What? I actually, it almost seems to me like he's auditioning for a different movie. Which is what? It's like he's auditioning to be Agent Smith. Yes, you're right. It is very Agent Smith. And I mean, you know, if Hugo Weaving wasn't going to, I have no idea if they're making any more Matrix movies. They probably are. I, yeah, but I, I feel like Hugo Weaving has a twinkle in his eye that this guy does not have. No, like, I, I, Hugo, I, Hugo Weaving is like, almost like he's oh, toying with Neo and Spots. Absolutely. I mean, and don't get me wrong, in terms of... Villainous Machines, Agent Smith and Hugo Weaving's performance is right up. I mean, those movies I don't think have held up very well, and there's not a lot to like about them. But the one thing that Um, I can tell you that I still like, I still like Hugo Weaving's performance in the first two. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, when he starts, there's like a million of them. It gets a little... It's a little over the top. I'm not not a big fan of that. I'm surprised to hear you say that, because I thought you were still a pretty big Matrix fan. I'm just the first one at this point. Yeah, the... the, uh, the second one, I kind of the third one, I always hated from. I mean, there's a lot to dislike about the third Matrix. But uh, hey, here, here's a Matrix movie where you spend almost no time in the Matrix. Hey, you know that part of the Matrix that you love so much, where you're flying around and doing crazy kung fu. And you're gonna you're gonna spend all your time in this drab world shooting machine guns at swarms of squids. <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> it's really. Bad. I mean, it's honestly the the thing that you're right. 
what everybody wants to see. Let's give them nothing of what they want to see. Of it. All of the time, the stuff nobody cares about. The that sh- seems like a good idea. <laughs> the ship that they used to connect to the Matrix has been destroyed. <laughs> now they have no way to connect to the Matrix, basically. <laughs> this movie series is called The Matrix. But they're not going to spend any time in it. Anyway, yeah. so that that's really the vibe I got from Matt Smith. And I haven't seen Doctor that's, Who. I haven't seen his Doctor Who, but that's the vibe I got. He doesn't have the same twinkle that Hugo Weaving has. You know, that's what's great about that character is it's like, Oh, he's extremely like condescending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just he, you know, hates humanity and just he basically he's somebody who just really doesn't like his job. I know it's not a he, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. He's yeah. he's just annoyed that he has to do this. Right. He's trying to find like amusement where he can basically yes. whereas yeah, I, in particular I I'll, I like his delivery of the line, it's the smell if there is such a thing. It's such I mean it's a good line, right. but Hugo Weaving's delivery of it is just dripping in condescension and hatred well that's the thing is that character even though it's a computer program or whatever it's it still has he still has a personality whereas right define skynet's personality in this he you know he doesn't like john connor yeah but i mean i guess he doesn't really appear enough yeah and maybe given more maybe maybe we'd get some more and, and like him more but you've said how overstuffed this is i don't know why they needed this anyway oh definitely this or John Connor is a Terminator, one or the other. You shouldn't or, do both. Or I think in a combination. I don't think... You're right. You shouldn't do both. I'm okay with the Agent Smith, but I think the reason I say that is because I want Jason Clark to be John Connor more, and this has completely taken that away. I mean, really, I think why that character is there was set up for the other two movies that they never made. Yep. Like it seemed like this was the big bad, you know, long-term villain. The, the architect or whatever. Yeah, or the emperor. Like, he's that ca- kind of a villain, like, the or Blofeld, you know, like, the, the long-term villain. Yeah. And they never got to the long-term plan. So, I, you know, I, it, there's no need for that character in this movie, certainly. Like, no, I, I agree. So, I wanted to ask you this. Did you have to then take the time to count all of those people that were in the background? Because clearly, Agent Smith takes care of them. I counted them later because we only, we find out way later that... All those people died. Yeah, I mean, so I counted them there. But yeah, I, okay. I I I paused it at this point and I counted everyone in the oh, room. Man. And I just assumed everyone they must oh, yeah. have all died. Yeah, no, I'm sure he killed them all, including John Connor. Because I have John Connor here as a body. I'm counting him as dead. He turns into a machine. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's essentially dead. Yeah, like they turn like cell by cell or whatever. Whatever Arnold says later. Yeah. I know he says the word cellular level, the phrase cellular level multiple times because I just find it funny how he says it. He was rebuilt on a cellular level. <laughs> no, he can't quite say it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's. I think this is this is no longer John Connor. Right? No, yeah. no. I think he has John's right. memories and has his personality, but but that's it. Yeah. So Kyle sees that as he's inside the time machine, and then he's at as we later learn a nexus point. So he has a. This yes. is just exposition to explain it away eventually, but he has memories that he shouldn't have in like a dream sequence. Yeah, he yeah. has memories from two different timelines. This is where I have my deep dive. Do you want? Do you want to do a breakdown of all all the different timelines? This is by my measure, and stop me if you feel like anything's incorrect or okay. I mean, I, I definitely I've got a long text block here. I don't want this to be just me reading this. Um, if my tablet will stop freezing up. <laughs> All right. You need the Genesis operating system. So uh, as of Terminator Genesis, I have, let's see, at minimum seven timelines that we have seen, <laughs> that we either we have seen or that were implied okay. in Terminator movies. So let's um, start at the beginning, what I'm calling Timeline Zero, which is prior to Kyle Reese going back in time. So 
Date of Judgment Day is never mentioned. John Connor's father is unclear. Kyle has never gone back in time in this timeline, so possibly John had some, a different father. Or do you disagree that this is even a thing that ever existed? I, do you think Kyle, Kyle's always his father? I mean, they say that he is in the movies, so don't you have to assume that he is? That's the thing, is that the first Terminator presents time as cyclical. Like, in that, it's loop. Yeah, in it's that movie, loop. it's a total loop. Whereas now it's clear that that's not possible, because... Let me put it this way. In this movie... Kyle and Sarah jump forward in time and John Connor was never born in 1984. So in this timeline, John doesn't exist in the future. So there certainly are timelines, <laughs> right? You're right. Yeah. So, so there are certainly timelines where either John Connor didn't exist or he, or Kyle was not his father. This is, this is an assumption on my part. It seems okay. like you, it seems like you disagree that no, th- this timeline didn't exist. No, I mean, I, I, I see your point that they literally were in 1984 for an hour Two hours, whatever it was, and John John Connor was not born no. in this movie in 1984. No, because Sarah's gone. Unless they plan to go back in time, but they blew up the time machine. So, what well, are they gonna do? Pops is sitting around, but <laughs> yeah, they can build a new one, I guess. Okay, but that's my like the future sequences that we see in the first Terminator with the fire in the TV and yeah. all that. That's from the initial timeline. Then yes. timeline <laughs> timeline one, T800 and Kyle Reese go back to 1984. John Kyle becomes John's father, uh, and then this. This timeline, Judgment Day, is definitively August 29th, 1997, right? For, and it should forever be that day. But I'm just, I'm going based on all, of, I'm just going to walk through all the movies. And, yeah. and, and so my speculation is that in the initial timeline, it was maybe 2004, and then the T-800 ship accelerated to 1997, right? I think that may, probably makes sense. Yeah, it's logical. And that in this timeline, John Connor and Kate Brewster become a couple after kissing in Mike Kripke's basement, right? There's no, there's no T-1000 in this future. This is, this is a timeline we never saw, but it's presumed because in the future sequences in T2, none of that happened. Because then, then to, that's when the T-1000 goes back in time to kill John Connor. This is sort of a, more of an implied timeline, but All right. this is what I'm going with. I, I, think, I think that's implied. There was a timeline where... Right? Because isn't that what the... In T3, isn't that what he says? It's like, you two got married, and then... But then when the T-1000 came back, it disrupted that timeline. Right? Okay. Because they were destined to be together or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, all right. Okay, so that's, that's timeline one. Timeline two is what we see in Terminator 2. T-1000 comes back, and T-800, they destroy the chip, they destroy the arm, prevent Judgment Day in quotes, but seem, apparently they only delay it 2004, which possibly was the original Judgment Day. <laughs> and uh, stop me if, if you feel like any of this is incorrect or... You disagree. So this is, and I have speculation. In this timeline, John and Kate meet in the veterinary office, but there's no ter- TX in this timeline. So, so they still get married, etc. And and in this timeline, all of his fast food working lieutenants are alive, <laughs> right? Because then this is this is the timeline where they send the TX back to send to kill his lieutenants. Yes. Right. So in timeline two, John destroys Skynet with the help of all his lieutenants, uh, and then he's killed in the future by the T850. Right, so then timeline three, TX goes back in time, T850 goes back in time. Nothing much changes. Nothing happens in T3. This is a pointless movie. The only thing that happens is she kills a couple of his lieutenants. Yes. Right, so that's changed. Otherwise, it's exactly judgment day still happens. And he becomes the leader of yeah. yes. Nothing has changed. That's why T3 sucks. Salvation timeline. <laughs> so this is possibly T3's future. Possibly not. It's not clear. We see John meet Kyle, which is different from what happens in Terminator Genesis, so we know these, those two timelines aren't the same, and, but it, it possibly matches up with T1, so maybe this is the future from T1, or maybe this is a separate timeline. 
And then in this movie, the T-800 appears in 2018, which seems much accelerated from T-1, where it seems like they were new, right? Yeah. Because Kyle talks about the rubber skins and all that. Yeah. You know, and possibly that's because of Marcus. You know, (laughs) the the development of Marcus accelerated the T-800, and now things are happening faster than they should have been, et cetera. Um, So that's Salvation. There's no time travel in that movie, so that's pretty separate. Okay, and now we're going to get into Genesis, which is probably going to be another like four or five minutes. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get through this. This ended up being the thing I didn't want it to be, which is just me reading, but here we go. That's all right. Um, Genesis timeline A, <laughs> the opening of Terminator Genesis. Uh, Judgment Day is once again 1997, like we talked about. Skynet is a British gentleman. Uh, <laughs> this could be the same as this timeline from T1, but probably not because there are things that are different, like the photograph. Yep. And then John is Borgified. Uh, okay, then Genesis Timeline B, which is where a T-800 from an unknown point in the future goes back to 1971 and saves Sarah from another Terminator, possibly a T-1000, not clear. Yeah, which is not explored at all. And mm. I, oh, I, It was a T-1000 because she talked about the liquid metal coming out to the boat. Yeah, but I just, how those got sent back and who sent them back, we never get. Right, we never get it, but it seems like that is the thing... That the next movie was going to do. Well, it's the thing that really diverged the timeline to cause the, all, the vastly alternate 1984 yeah. that we're seeing now. Yeah. And also, I think the movie's implying that John becoming an evil Terminator, like, Pops was sent from that future, I think the movie is implying. I think so, too. I just, you just don't get who. Right. And, yeah, and that's another one of those things I think the movie is setting up for the sequel, and yeah. now we'll never know. So, okay, so now Judgment Day is caused by Genesis in 2018, 2017, okay. sorry. My brain is still putting it in the future, because when we saw it, it's like, oh, it's a couple years in the future. But now it's actually 2017. Kyle arrives from a seemingly parallel timeline, uh, not the one that Pops is from. T- uh, T-1000 is there, I guess. Also, this is the 1984 we're about to see. And then at this point, in this timeline, Kyle never told himself the message about Genesis, so I have... I think there's an implied timeline where they travel back forward to 1997, destroy, destroy Skynet similar to what happens in T2, and then Judgment Day happens anyway in 2017 because they didn't know about that. <laughs> At which point, another timeline happens, but this time Kyle has told himself the message saying, hey, warn yourself about, about Genesis. Genesis. Genesis is Skynet. And then timeline, Genesis timeline C, which is our seventh timeline, I think, is what we're seeing throughout most of this movie. <laughs> So there's my rundown of all of the different variations and, and timelines, etc. It is beyond insane. Yeah. I mean, and three out of the seven are in this movie alone, at least yeah. by, by my count, so, or at least are implied. And then, so sorry, I just, I just did a big like, timeline dump. <laughs> I just wanted to no, like, they, I mean, lay it, it all out there. It illustrates the point is that that's the problem with time travel is that it gets messy and difficult. To not just have exposition explaining it. This movie already has too much exposition and explaining things to begin with. And then if you're spending a bunch of time, well, you know, we're, we're really on this timeline. It, it just gets too messy. Well, at some point, the movie kind of implies that basically all of our characters, what does John say? Something about like, we're all adrift in time. Or yeah, the three, basically, yeah, the, the three of them are, yes, are marooned. The four of them, right? All four, including he, Pops. He says three, meaning that oh, his family is marooned in time, that they're forever going to have to keep doing this. Right. So they're going to exist no matter what happens. That's what... So that's it almost it, makes the whole story moot. <laughs> Just like... You know, because even John implies, like, if I kill... If he kills Sarah... We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but that's fine. If, if John kills Sarah, he's like, well, we're all marooned in time, so it doesn't matter. I can kill you and I'll still exist. 
So then none of it matters. The whole story of the Terminator is that the robot's trying to kill John, and so now it doesn't matter yeah. if, if Sarah is killed or even if John is killed. So That's, I, you know, whatever. It, all of it points to that a movie that is based in time travel, you can't make sequels and trilogies because it gets too messy. I mean, the Back to the Future manages to make it make sense mostly. For the most part, but even it gets a little convoluted. This, I just, I think that this, the original The Terminator, as we talked about, loops it perfectly yeah. and ties everything up. The only reason the second one ever got made was because the technology advanced for Cameron to do what he always originally envisioned. All of these other ones, they just never needed to exist. Right. But I think to wrap all that up, you know, my, my question about all that was, because you were saying, like, if we start pulling the thread, will it unravel? Do you think that unravels, or do you think that actually holds together, even though there's so much of it? There, I mean, it does unravel, because how do you know what timeline is what? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that was me trying to make sense of it. So, I mean, I feel like I have... Uh, that's, that's my interpretation of all this nonsense. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you, because I didn't put as much time into it, but... <laughs> that's why I needed so much time to do this one. I, 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 finished, looked, I finished my notes like a half minutes. hour ago, so... In the end, I, I'm going to go with it, because it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this movie is kind of encouraging you to just like just not dive think in. about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is spending a lot of time explaining itself, but you know, but near the end, they're just like, ah, you know, look, it's it's a crazy timeline, you know, alternate timeline, whatever. Don't worry about it; just enjoy the ride. Yeah. So we're back in 1984, and uh, poor Kyle still gets the same bad arrival. The 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 T eight hundred gets the perfect. He's on the ground, yeah, and he's posing like Atlas. Well, I mean, not Atlas. And then poor Kyle just winds up up in the air and falling into the ground. Well, I, but I think Terminator Genesis does give kind of an explanation because he sees John being attacked and freaks out and starts like tumbling. Oh, I guess. But that it doesn't explain why he's way up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, well, I'm like, not sure if it's. Maybe the explanation is, is while they figured out how to use that machine very quickly, they didn't yeah. have the full manual like the machines did. The machines knew, oh, no, we need to calibrate down a little bit so our machine lands on the ground. Well, I think also later, Pops, who is a machine and should be able to work the time machine, puts him in the middle of the freeway. It's like, you know. <laughs> At least he put him on the ground, but yeah, I think it's clear that the machines know how to operate yeah. the time machine better than humans. The machines in 2029 are the best at it, and everybody else <laughs> is just kind of winging it. Amateur hour. Yeah. Uh, so we get the, as I said, the the well, as we said before, the um, the homeless guy who doesn't deliver it as well. But it is, in some ways, I appreciated it because at least I could understand him. I had such a hard time understanding the homeless guy in in the original. Yeah, Eternity. but that's the way it should be. I hurt on my pants, you know. Like that's that's what I like about it is <laughs> the back to the future crazy drunk. <laughs> yeah, the original guy in the first Terminator is almost like a Trey Parker character from South Park. Yeah. That guy took my pants. I love that guy. So uh, we 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 also then cover. So we get back to the punks up there at the. Uh, oh man, what's the observatory in Griff, Griffith, Griffith Observatory? Yeah, Griffith Observatory. They do not deliver it nearly as well, but um, I mean they don't. They only have a, the first like third of the scene, and then and it gets then, interrupted by by uh, you pops. You won't. What is it? I think you won't be needing any clothes. <laughs> right. I lo- I love that opening line, and I I don't know if you like this. I I like this fight sequence. I like the fight. I think it's over too fast, actually. Yeah. You know, because it kind of gets cut short by Sarah sniping him. It's like, oh, you know, they could let, let him them, fight a little let more. Let them do a little more rock'em, sock'em robots. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing it's because the, the CGI, you know, 1984 Arnold is expensive, so they probably didn't want to do too much. Yeah, that's pro- it could be part of it. I mean, they could have knocked off his skin faster. I mean, I guess that's still CGI. I was wondering, is, are there any 
practical Terminator skeletons. It seems like they're all CGI. No, I th- yeah, I think they all are. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But I mean, they they could have built a CGI, or you know, I mean, I don't know if it's easier. Or, I think it'd be easier to do just like a robotic Probably skeleton than head. The human, you know, facial expressions and stuff like that. I would guess is still more difficult, even though both of them are, I'm sure, yeah, difficult. I mean, I think they could have just gone right to that and saved some money that way. But yeah, it, the fight is over too fast, for sure. And she shoots the the T eight hundred, the bad T eight hundred in the heart. Yep, and it does not explode. So another FU to T3. Power source does not explode in a mini nuclear bomb. I think that is what you hated most of this really entire is. that movie and this entire series. And I, I do understand it. There's no there's no need for it. Because it's stupid. It's it's why they didn't have it blow up here. Because as I said in T three, if the Terminators had an exploding heart, they would just walk up to their target and explode. Why would yeah. they bother? There's no point in the elaborate chase. Yes. So again once again T three is ignored and I couldn't be happier. Uh, so Kyle Reese gets chased down by the police after that son of a bitch stole my pants. Uh, but this time it is not Robert Patrick, but it is a T-1000 and we get never get an explanation of why a T-1000 is here. No, I think they might be going for that. This T-1000 was sent in 1971 and hung around. Yeah. And hung around. I think, you know, pops saved Sarah and got away. I hadn't thought about that. You know, this is, that was one of the things I really disliked when we saw this in theaters. I really, I did not like a T-1000 being in 1984, but I hadn't thought about that. It took the pops route, the, the long route, and just hung around. I'm not sure. I mean, I think that might be it, but I don't know if uh, that's actually think, what they're intending. Or? I mean, you know, 13 years that it, it couldn't have found Sarah and pops in those 13 years? Well, I mean, if they're off the grid. I guess. I mean, the only reason the T-1000 reacquires them in T-2 is because they go back to destroy Skynet. If they had hung out in Mexico forever, they would have been fine. They probably hung out in Mexico, you know, or, or Pops he, and Sarah. I mean, he says it's May 12th, 1984, the day you arrive. You think maybe he's, he had just given up on Sarah and Pops and said, I'm going to get Kyle. Yeah, it could be. It was like, this is my said. next be- best yeah. chance is just like, I'll just yeah, wait. I'll hang around for 13 years. So then my question to you is, what do you think the T-1000 was doing for those 13 years? <laughs> he probably had his own job, you know, <laughs> just not at the smelting plants. Like, no. oh, just keep me away from there. I don't want to melt. That, that was, I don't know. Either that or... Because, I mean, man, if, if it's a different T-1000, then so many Terminators are getting sent back in time in this movie. You've got the two in 1971. You've got two in 1984. You've got John going back to 2015. What else? Is there any more? And you've got Kyle Reese going back in time. Yeah. That's six characters going back in time. And one. then two characters going forward in time. Eight time travels in one movie. That's crazy. I mean, at least if it's the same T-1000, you've got it down to seven. It's a lot of plutonium. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's way too much time travel. So the, one of the beefs I have in nitpicks here, though, is why do the bullets knock the T-1000 back here? I mean, I know it's because they're revealing it's the T-1000, but the that, bullets don't slow the T-1000 anywhere else. Sure they do. That's always been the case. Not like this. I mean, it literally, he's almost on top of Kyle and gets knocked back. Yeah, I mean, it's a pistol. You know, like, for sure, shotguns would stagger the T-1000. Yeah, but then grenades and things. No, I mean, I think even pistols, it would like, because there, there were definitely moments where Robert Patrick would be running at them and he'd get hit with a pistol and be like, blah, and he'd kind of stagger for a second. I, th- this was. It is a very pronounced, you yeah. know, he gets staggered quite a bit. I mean, I know why. I, I understand for the movie the reason why, but it's just one of those that I, I'd like a little more consistency. Well, in the, the bigger question is why does he tip his hand? T-1000 has 
Terminatrix disease where he's like revealing he's in disguise before he even attacks. Man. The day you come back. And then he like very slowly transforms his hand to a blade so that Kyle's time to dodge it. It's just like, just don't, don't give away. Don't have a quip. Just stab him. Yeah, do what the T-800 was going to do to those punks right there and just punch right, exactly. right through them. That's all you had to do. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they had some plan to... CGI Robert Patrick into this role. You think so? I think that was originally what they wanted to do. I, I don't think he even like gave them his likeness. Like, like no, I don't want to. I don't want to be in that. So yeah, they had Byung Hung Lee, who's fine. Yeah, you know, they they cast him because they wanted to sell tickets in China. That's really all there's to it. He's a big star in China. Yeah, I I mean he's fine. I mean there's there's yeah he's not bad. I mean yeah. he he does the job, and I like him in other things. He was in that Magnificent Seven remake. He's Storm Shadow in the GI Joe movies. Like he's, you know, he's he's been in other things that I've liked. Uh, well, so the the chase, of course, then begins, and uh, they're running around the sporting goods store. It's not nearly the the, the timeline has changed because we don't have just the overt advertisements for the 1984 Olympics like we had in the original The Terminator. Did we? I thought oh, yeah. that was in Commando. Are you sure it was in the Terminator? I think you may be thinking of Commando. Mike, oh, maybe I am. Man, I'm getting I'm getting old. I could be. Maybe I just didn't notice it. Well, we get the Nikes. That's the yeah. important thing. <laughs> that there's a story there because I was I was seeing on the behind the scenes stuff that like that model of shoe they couldn't find one that was in good enough shape to use. Really? And so they asked Nike. It's some like like style of shoe that hadn't been made since 1984, basically. Yeah. And they asked Nike to build them some like do a, a, a limited run. Yeah. Yeah, and they, like Nike had to like shut down a, a factory and like retool their like machines <laughs> to specifically like I guess Paramount paid a fortune for like a hundred pairs of shoes or whatever it was, and they sold some of them. But like, wow, yeah, it was like some crazy amount of money. I forget what it was, just so they could have a, copies of these shoes that, for that one shot. It's like who would even notice? Yeah, no, that probably wasn't worth it. I mean, I know there are shoe people, and I'm sure some people would notice like big shoe, you know, yeah. shoe heads, but I don't know. Didn't seem all that important to me. If you were trying to save on the budget, it seems like that would be a place to save it, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of stuff from 1984, we also got a TJ Hooker reference here. Uh, We do. And the introduction of O'Brien, which uh, not necessarily here, but for later on in the movie, a fantastic ad. Could not agree more. I love that character. I love... uh, um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah. And so, you know, my, my question to you is... Do you think the original intention was for him to be the doctor? Silverman? Yeah. I, I think everyone assumed that, including me. And I saw, like, they cast J.K. Simmons. Jackie Simmons. It's like, That's oh, what I thought. He so. must be playing Silverman. But, I mean, Earl Bowen is still alive. They could have brought Earl Bowen back as a 2017 Silverman. They should, they should bring that back that character somehow. James Cameron, you well, should bring back Silverman. <laughs> we're making a lot of demands of James Cameron <laughs> right. right now. We're saying we want, we, a, we want an opening monologue from Pops, and we want... Earl Bowen. We've written a screenplay for you here. <laughs> please <laughs> just, just make Please this. use this. So it, uh, are we to believe that one of the, the cop who's killed here by the T-1000, is this supposed to be the cop that Kyle actually encounters in the, the Terminator? I couldn't remember if he looked similar or... I didn't think about that. That's a good question. He's there, and it's like, I wasn't sure if that's what is implied or not. I, I didn't get that. What I did like, I did like the uh, moment here where... They focus on one of the, the mannequins real quickly. To, I, it's kind of like a head fake to make you think that the T-1000 is posing as one of the mannequins as it did in T-2. Right. But it's actually the mirror. I like that, that that's kind of a nod to, to T-2. 
two things. One, does he actually disguise himself as a mannequin in T two? He just looks at it, and it's like a well, little, he little look, joke. He he looks at it, but then some. He doesn't disguise himself as a mannequin, but at some point, like when he's changing, and then also when he's in the smelting and melting in the in the, the end of T two, he changes back into one of those mannequins and looks like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He definitely had the, when he's in liquid metal form. He definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also like this mirror gag. I saw that and went like, oh, that, that's a nice callback to T2. And I went like, wait a minute. They never did that in T2. It's no, like, it was the floor, but that was it. Yeah, I was thinking, like, what an obvious thing to do, and it's never been done. It's like, wow. It's, I mean, it's it's kind of a cool, yeah. the fact that he was disguised as the mirror. It's like, Absolutely. how could, how has that ever been done before? So what's uh, with the body count then at 14 with O'Brien's partner? Uh, uh, we're 15. I, I neglected to give a number when, when John okay. Connor gotcha. died, quote unquote. Oh, Yes, yeah. John Connor with the changing into the. We tournament. said we were going to count him as dead, but yeah. I didn't actually give the numbers. Now we're well, fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Yeah, and then Kyle instantly knows that the T one thousand is a Terminator, even though he's never seen one before. It's just like he has no hesitation. It's like it's a Terminator. It's like how do I? Do you really know that? I guess he's just assuming. It's a it's a thing that wants to kill him, but it's like it doesn't look like a robot. It's a shape shifting. It doesn't, but I mean, he's fired bullets into it and saw him heal up so maybe Kyle Reese is just smart enough to figure out liquid metal yeah it's a reasonable assumption but yeah. it's like he's not from far enough in the future I think to have ever seen this oh that's fair right, isn't that the idea is in T2 they're T1000s oh, from farther in the future than yeah and they're 2029 yeah and they're in T2 I mean the T800 knows the T1000 but John and Sarah certainly don't and are taken aback right. by it anyway I was just wondering I mean it makes it it's a reasonable assumption but yeah he just knows that it's a Terminator so uh, they're they're pinned down, but it's okay because the Khaleesi arrives. Yeah, I I think this moment works pretty well. Where she, you know, I mean, she gives the line, "Come with me, I want to live," yeah. which is a nice kind of. It's you know, you got to do it. Yeah, and in the movie that you've given Kyle Reese the intro, I like that she gets his line. I like it. Yeah, it's a good reversal for yeah. sure. And I, I think her performance in this moment really i believe her as sarah connor like you know sarah connor she obviously has to be really tough she's more the t2 sarah connor than the t1 sarah connor but i don't know i think as the movie goes on i buy her less and less as a really tough like i don't know she just doesn't i don't think i don't think it's a great performance she she, i mean in this in this moment i buy it but so many moments it's just like she is really not selling me on how like tough sarah connor she should be sarah should be really tough and like hardened and she's been I mean, theoretically, she's been pursued by Terminator since she was nine. Yes. That's even more than John Connor. And raised by a machine. And raised by a machine. It's like, yeah, she should be even tougher than in T2. Yeah, in particular, because when you think about John in T2, right, I mean, he has the surrogate father figure for a short period of time, right? That's not that long that that movie is taking place. Right. And then it gets melted down. 1971 until 1984, it's 13 years of hanging out with Pops. Yeah, literally two-thirds of her life yeah. she's been raised by this Terminator. And she just seems kind of like a valley girl in a way. I, I, you know, she's like complaining, she's like kind of whining about it. Like, I never get to decide what to do. It's like, you're supposed to be Sarah Connor. Like, you know, she, Sarah from T2 would not be whining about it. Like, I not. don't like how I don't have a choice in the matter. It's like she would just be like, I have a responsibility. There's more important things in the world than what I want. Just the idea that I, I I don't know. I mean, I I I don't want to be too negative about Amelia Clark. I don't think she's terrible, but I I also in ter- in Game of Thrones I'm souring every season on her performance in Game of Thrones. 
as things are going on. And the same thing happened here. It's like the first scene's like, yeah, she's a good Sarah Connor. And then as time goes on, it's like, I don't know. Well, then let me ask you this. So do you feel differently? Has, um, has Kit Harrington has he gotten better? Or because I, I never thought he was great. I'm just asking you. I do think he's, he's gotten better. I still don't think he's very good. I kind of feel the same way, too, is that he's gotten better, but for such an important character, he's, he's one of the weakest actors on the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about Game of Thrones, yeah, but, but I, I think, uh, I think the cer- certain things that I dislike about that character, I think, are, also, are sort of intentional. Okay. Like, the kind of the dopiness and the kind of, I don't know, I won't say like Pollyanna-ish, like he's just very like idealistic to a fault and it's like the, clearly that's a that's a fault in that world it's like we see very clearly it generally doesn't work out well two seasons ago at the end of the, 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 the you know not last season but the previous season it's like yeah. we saw what happened to him yeah um try not All to right. spoil it but right. you know it's like I, I think i think the things that i dislike about that character seem intentional whereas the things i dislike about you know khaleesi i, I think she's supposed to be like wow she's badass it's just like i'm not 100 percent sold all right so it's I, almost the exact same thing as here I'm not in disagreement on both here and in Game of Thrones. So, but either way, I, I, I don't hate either performance. I don't want to be too negative, but I just, I just, and I think in both cases, I think Amelia Clark just seems like a very nice, pleasant person, and I don't think she can really dig deep into like the and really be tough as nails in both yeah. parts no. in a way that she needs to be. No, and Linda Hamilton definitely did it <laughs> right. too. That's the thing. Comparing her to Lin- oh, Lin- it, Linda Hamilton, it's night and day. It's not even the same character. No. So T-1000 gives chase. There's a part where, like, a piece of it is yeah. on the back of the truck. I'm not sure how that got there. Yeah, what happened? And how, like, how the hinge stayed on when the whole door blows off. Did it? Yeah. Pops takes takes the door off, and the, but the hinge that the T-1000 put the metal on somehow stays on. Whatever. I, I, I just oh, I thought those things happened in reverse, but I guess you're right. No. They stop for, like, like, crashing, whatever. Yeah. Huh. I guess. Well, I guess they have to. They had to get the door off so that he could see the latch from the inside, right? Because otherwise, it's just there's a door in the way. He couldn't have done anything. It's a really convoluted and, yeah. and forced, and it's like almost kind of pointless. It's like, why did he shoot it off? They're deliberately trying to lure the T one thousand to that warehouse anyway. So yeah, what did that accomplish? It's like yeah, this, 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 these are the things where there's there's some weak stuff in this, and this was one of them like, for me. It seems like the screenwriters want to have particular moments, but they don't come no, up with justification there. why the, these things are happening. It's yeah. like they want they want Kyle Reese to freak out about a Terminator, but it's like. You know, if you look at him, I guess he has got a little bit of a damage, but it's like, does he actually know that he's a Terminator? Does he does he recognize? Does he know what the T one one hundred ones look like? And well, he shouldn't because he wouldn't have seen any yet unless he right. walked into that freezer. Uh, yeah, right. Before he left, I mean, maybe they did. Maybe they found it. Oh, those are what Terminators look like, I guess. But like, yeah, he immediately knows that Arnold, that pops, is a Terminator. And I don't think you see any damage. Like, he just looks like a guy. Yeah. So he and, like, instantly he's shooting at him. It's like, boy, <laughs> you know, maybe it's just a guy in the back. How do you know? <laughs> he's kind of reckless. Um, but anyway, there's probably some justification for that. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, yeah, and Pop knocks him out. Yes, he he does it with non-lethal force. Right, and you get the setup for bite me. Or no, she says bite me. I set up for him later. I yeah, but I I kind I kind of like that is an immature response. <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. I, and I, so what what what? level of wisecracking is is this uh is this version of the terminator 
I mean, I don't think the Terminator intends that to be a wisecrack. He's just trying to be a protective parent. Like, right, no, so that's what I was going to say, is that the T, T3, that that Terminator was almost... Right. Other than when we did the, the Universal Studios, that was like full-on stand-up Terminator. Yeah, definitely. Or, but... So this Isn't one's a li- college roommate Terminator. Yeah. Oh god, that is <laughs> such a funny line. Um, so this one's dialed down a little bit, but I think it's more than Hasta la Vista. I think this one's a little bit more jokey than. Yeah, but I I don't think the Terminator is intending it as a joke. He's no, he I'm genuinely just, thinks it's an immature response. But like what he's I'm trying to correct. Yes, him. but as this movie goes on, what I'm saying is the overall pops I think is is in between T three and T two in terms of wisecrack and Terminator. I don't even think he's up to T two level because he doesn't have any really great like lines or like any like quips or anything. He's just kind of the only thing he does is he does he was it nice to see you? Is that he constant? He keeps saying over and over. He's like, got nice that to see you, but he's uh, well, all right. Well, it's not really a quip. All right, it's not hostile la vista. You know, and he, he I guess he's not doing combinations. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean this, this line is funny, but yeah, I don't think. I don't think uh, Sarah's been training him in the same way that John Connor was. John Connor was trying to teach him how, well, to, well, how actually, to be a one-liner action hero, and she's, she just wants well, a dad. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's actually the opposite. He's really, the T, the Pops is really doing the teaching, I think, in that relationship. Yeah, I like that. I think there could have been more of that. Like him, him saying that's an immature response is a funny moment. Um, I would love to see if more, like, you know, middle-aged dad Terminator. <laughs> You know, it's just not, I mean, a couple of age dad wearing dad jeans. That's what he is. I mean, there's a couple of moments, but there should have been a little more. Uh, so Reese, Reese gets loaded into the truck and, uh, they, they take back off. And this is, this is the beginning of where you get her, the, the whining. Yeah. And I well, think he's, he's like, did you mate? You have to mate or whatever. And it's like, he's very insistent that, you know, they have to do this for John to be born. And then he's like, we talked about, they jump forward in time. 33 years it's like well why why is he so insistent that they have sex if it's not even gonna the timeline is totally not gonna play broken out? yeah oh and you get the mo- when he shoots the t-1000 you get the line they're talking about him it's like oh he looks old i've never seen a terminator looks old before and he's like my auditory circuits still function however <laughs> like you know it's like i'm saying i can hear you and he goes, I am old, but not obsolete. Yeah, that one they do hammer home. And I have another FU Terminator 3, because remember, in, in Terminator oh, 3, he absolutely says that he's an he abs- obsolete. obsolete design. Yeah. I had that, too, as there's an inconsistency, but it's an inconsistency that I'm okay with. Exactly, because they should, they should have never done that in T3. Right. It's a terrible thing for a Terminator to say. He's supposed to be a badass. That I'm obsolete. Oh, you really hammer not, another, He's the, yeah, the hangdog. Oh, I can't defeat her. Go back and listen to T3 if you want to hear my opinions about that, because I hate that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's old. He's not obsolete. He still needs to be a plausible, tough. Ter- he's a Terminator. That's what's, I mean, they, they handle the Terminator as a character really well in this movie. Absolutely. You know, he's still the Terminator. Even though he's old, he's still the Terminator. Yeah, he's there to get the job done. That's all I ask. Just treat the Terminator with respect. Uh, so Kyle has a uh, another dream sequence, and this is about uh, destroying Skynet in, in 2017. Uh, and from there, you, hello Kyle Reese, it's nice to meet you, and the smile. See yeah. this that that is very much yeah, that's that's good. That's T three. Uh, the don't, smile, come on. No, I don't agree. I think that's <laughs> I, I it, when you say it's T three, I take that as an insult. Right? I, I like the smiles though. I think I, oh, I think it's good. I like it. What I'm saying though is that is oh. pretty dialed up on the yeah. Okay, I guess. All right, thank you. I reluctantly will give you this, even uh, you know. 
I don't fully agree because it, by, by agreeing, I'm basically giving T3 a pass. <sighs> it, it's fine. It's, I, you're not saying it's that it's fine. good. But this then is the exposition that explains why uh, Arnold looks old. <laughs> that Pops is old, but not obsolete. Yeah, we get this question about like who sent Pops back, and those files have been erased, and we never get to learn, which is frustrating. But no, whatever. did you did you come up with any speculation, or maybe the audience at Bad Puns Podcast on Twitter? <laughs> I'd love to hear theories, but it's like, I, how could you speculate? Because he's obviously sent from the far future. Yeah, I, I, and John is no longer John, so who could have done it? Does Does Kate exist in this world? We don't know. Could be like T three because she sent the Terminator back in T three, right? Yes, she's the one who sent sent it back in T three. But I doubt that's it. I, I doubt that's true because anything where Genesis would be copying T three is probably unlikely. So, <laughs> who knows? I doubt they even knew when they wrote it. I, I bet it was a thing like we'll figure it out later. It's like Star Wars. J.J. Abrams has admitted like he didn't know who Ray's parents were. He just like set it up and figure it out. Yeah, let let the next guy figure it out. I think that's kind of what's going on here. It's like they didn't know. Someone sent him back. That doesn't you know so doesn't long, matter for this movie. So long as it's not like lost, then they tell you they have a grand plan for everything, and then it seems like they're just making it up as they go along. Well, I mean, if they had made sequels to Genesis, there wasn't that there aren't, aren't that many hanging chads. There's like who sent Pops back, and what's going to happen with British Skynet? Those are the only things that are kind of left over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really care to be honest. Someone sent him back. It doesn't. I don't. Doesn't matter. So ultimately what we've got here um, is Sarah tells Kyle that they can stop Judgment Day from happening, and it's just like Kyle's dream. And they're, they're effectively luring – the audience has, didn't know this, but they're, they're really luring the T-1000. Yeah, they set a, a, an acid trap yes. for the T-1000, which pretty much goes off without a hitch other than the T-800 coming back to life for yeah, reasons can you, can you? If, I was hoping you had some speculation there on how – other than for the movie, they wanted to set up the dynamic that Kyle had something to do while yeah. Pops was busy with the T-1000. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, the T-1000 drips a thing into the T-800's head, which that, – That's apparently the TX, that's, right? That, I, that's the one thing that I didn't like. Well, it's not portrayed in the same way because she had a thing that came out of her finger – one of numerous things that she had in her arm, if you recall. Um, but one of the things that she just, like, you, you went through that list. Yes, we went through the list. But, yeah, she had a thing where she would, like, put a needle into a machine and, like, hack into it. Whereas this is, like, he drips a part of himself. He drips a drop into, into the, T-800. the brain of the T-800. Well, he also is, he somehow is able to turn part of his arm into, like, a javelin and throws it through Pops. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that from the Robert Patrick T-1000. No, that's, that's a thing that T-1000 never did prior to this movie. I'm not a fan of that. No, I'm not either. Of him chopping a part of himself off and throwing, like, a javelin. No. Like, yeah, I don't think the T-1000 would ever or should ever deliberately, like, cut himself in half. You know what I mean? Like, that's, no, I, I... Because I, it... It takes away some. If you go back in the in the Robert Patrick, there's probably sequences you can find. Why didn't Why didn't the T1000 just do that and kill John that way? Right. He can turn himself into like ten little people, and like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> at some point, he should he should always be a single thing. Yeah. He shouldn't be able to split him up and himself up. Well, I think also even the T2 director's cut implies that when he's missing a significant part of himself, he starts to malfunction. Remember in the director's cut, he like touches yeah. things and he starts like freaking out. Like yeah. he's not he's not in control of himself fully. Yep. I always assumed that was because like it he's lost like ten percent of himself. Too, for, too much of the yeah yeah. I don't know. I mean that, that may just be an assumption that I made. No, that, well even if it is just an assumption, it, it's logical and certainly makes. I mean sense. I don't know what else would cause a liquid metal thing to malfunction. 
I think that's. I think I probably assumed that just because like, what else could it possibly be? There's no moving parts or anything like. But yeah, either way, the idea for for any reason, whether it's dripping himself into a T800 or whether it's creating a javelin, he should never deliberately <laughs> cut himself in two. Uh, so we then get the sequence here. Kyle, Kyle's a good soldier, and you know he does what soldiers do, and eventually destroys the reanimated T800. It it just was to give something for Jack Courtney to do. Yeah, kind of. I think they're kind of trying to recreate the ending of the Terminator, or yeah. Kyle and the skeletal T800 are having a showdown in the. Yeah. Instead of a pipe bomb, he's got a grenade, but it's it's pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, and then Sarah's luring the T1000 into their acid like sprinklers or whatever. And then I, I was wondering what those pipes were made out of because it's like somehow the acid isn't leaking through the pipes or burning its way through the pipes. Well, isn't it uh, what what Walt? Uh, aren't they using hydrofluoric acid on it? And oh, I think eventually when they like throw, throw, they definitely throw the T100 into a big tub and dissolve it that way, right? Yeah, but I'm saying that it's got to be whatever the plastic. Oh, is. Oh yeah, the plastic yeah. that uh, the Jesse <laughs> Jesse does not get the right plastic. I don't think those hoses. It's just sprinklers. It seems like they're made out of metal. I was—I did nothing that matters. But oh, just I thought, like, no, like, I thought they were big barrels. There were barrels up there, but then they, they go through the sprinkler system. Like there's pipes, or no? Does she? I guess she no, doesn't shoot the barrels. Shoots, yeah, she shoots the barrels. Oh, I, maybe the pipes were <laughs> were unrelated. Well, the pipes, I, th- I thought I saw pipes. The but. pipes were up there, but I think it was that just is what they used to basically hold it up there. Not okay. that they built it there, but it was you know part of the ceiling. You're right. I forgot that they shoot up. At yeah, the no, thing. she shoots up at it and burns a little bit of herself, but eventually the the T one thousand succumbs. So their plan is to sprinkle acid, and there are sprinklers, but the two things are unrelated. They are mutually exclusive. <laughs> okay, that's why I was confused. All right, but yeah. Um, the T eight hundred's got to, or the pops has to finish off the T one thousand, which is kind of a nice moment. I, I, well, I like that moment, but I like this trap too. I kind of, I, I like this entire sequence. Yeah, I mean, everything has to go perfectly according to plan. That the T T one thousand falls into the trap, but I do like the T one thousand plays the old uh, uses what should be its best move that it never uses enough, which is disguising itself, right, as Kyle Reese. Yeah, it doesn't do a very good job. It's not very convincing. It, you know, the real Kyle Reese is just like, you told me it can change and do other things. <laughs> That's obviously it. And then and, and the T-1000 is just like, no, I am the real Kyle Reese. <laughs> it's not very convincing. No. I mean, when, when Kyle gets upset, like, you could have shot me in the foot. It's like, it seemed pretty clear. Like, she, there's not that <laughs> the much The audience risk. knew. Why didn't you, Kyle? It, yeah, you know what? It's funny. It just occurred to me because I, I, I had the thought as we were talking, like, wow, like, Pops and Sarah had a real busy day planned. They had to deal with the T-800 and the T-1000. And then my thought process went like, well, how did they know the T-1000 was going to show up? And then they went, I went like, oh, well, I guess they know that the T-1000 knows that Kyle will show up. Yeah. But then, presumably, the T-1000 also knows this is the day that the T-800 shows up. So rather than going after Kyle, why didn't he go team up with the T-800 and try to take down Pops and then go after Kyle Reese, who is the helpless one? You would think the plan for the T-1000, rather than going after Kyle Reese, is to meet up with the T-800. You're, you're right. It would be smart. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that maybe there's a certain level of arrogance of being a superior model. Maybe, yeah. And it says, I don't, I don't need that inferior muscle-bound <laughs> yeah, jerk. Yeah, it's kind of a... It's, it's, it's he's looking down at... Uh, it's, like a, it's like a robot class warfare thing. Because yeah. even when the machine... I went to robot Cambridge. I was going to say, you know, even when the machines rule... There's still going to be a hierarchy. Yeah, I mean, I guess it seems like it. I mean, yeah, Skynet's posh British Skynet yeah, is they, at the top. He went to Cambridge. A, a, Agent Smith clearly is a, ro- like is a Rhodes Scholar. Upper class British man, yeah, for sure. Like he's the top of the, of the class food chain. So, all right. So we've, we've got the T-1000 destroyed. Uh, the T-800 pops, I guess. Uh, his, his arm is now bang- worse for wear. Yeah. 
Can you tell me how they built this time machine in 1984? This is my <laughs> very <parody>. carefully. <laughs> I, Dr. Emmett Brown. I mean, honestly, how did they build this thing in 1984? That's my biggest beef with this movie. I, my problem isn't so much how did they build it. I mean, you're right. I mean, the idea that they would be able to cobble together enough technology. Come on. But presumably the, T, the, the T-800 has the specs and could like the, that, build analogs from 1984. That I can buy that the, that the design, I buy that the design is there. I just don't know where the materials are coming from. Yeah. Especially when you go forward and you've got in 2017, you've got John Connor, Jason Clark. Right. That they can't get this time machine built with all of the resources. <laughs> well, they got it built. They can't get it to work. They did build it. <sighs> all of the resources that... Um, well, but also keep in mind, they only had three years. John Connor goes back in time to 2014, so he only had three years. They, did a, they accomplished a lot in three years, whereas the Pops and Sarah had 11, uh, 13 years. But you're telling me all of the resources of Cyberdyne, that they couldn't get the time machine to work, but Pops is getting one to work in 1984. I mean, if it, it would stand to reason if the T-800 has the specs, John Connor also has the specs. Yes, and he has better. You're right. He has more resources. He has significantly more. <laughs> yeah, that that they're part, in some bombed out dungeon of an industrial building. That part is not plausible. That wh- how can Cyberdyne not get theirs to work, and yet Pops can <laughs> just Pops and Sarah can build their own time machine. They're MacGyvering it. You're no right. You, it didn't bother me as much as it should have. You're right. Because now that we're talking through it, yeah. your 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 problems are correct, and I, I should have thought about it. It's more. fine. It's my biggest beef. I'm that said. I'm willing to forgive it because what I love about it is I love moving forward to 2017 because of having the T800 Pops taking the long way makes all of it. I'm willing to overlook it because I'm willing. There, there's enough of it that I like. That I'll, I'll look past it. Yeah, because it's funny. I remember when we saw this the first time, I, I was watching this sequence, the 1984 sequence, and going like, oh, Arnold looks kind of young. Like, he doesn't look that old. And then you get to the, the future parts. Like, oh, okay, now, now he's his real age. They must have been doing some CGI stuff to his face yeah. to make him look younger in 1984. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to have an old Terminator, like a 70-year-old Terminator, essentially. Yeah. I agree that it's good to get there. They could have found another way to get there. I think my problem with with it is more conceptual in terms of like, why do you need more time travel? I mean, it, it, they did it because they wanted young Kyle and young Sarah in the modern day. That's the only reason. Yeah. But you know, and like the, 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 the logic behind it, especially because she wants to go to 97 and Kyle's like, no, the timeline's changed. I saw it in a vision or, you know, yeah. I have memories of this timeline, whatever. And we actually want to go to 2017 and she agrees. It's like, well, isn't the safe thing just to, I mean, the safest thing is don't travel forward in time at all. You could blow up Cyberdyne at any point. Why are you traveling forward in time? We know, we will learn later, that Pops gets a job building the damn building. Why not just sabotage it then? (laughs) It is kind of funny. He still goes through and builds the building. (laughs) He builds the building. He's complicit in creating Judgment Day, and then he blows it up. I guess his justification is, well, I did build a safe room. (laughs) I have an ethical responsibility. I was drawing a paycheck. I I have to do the job I'm being paid for. (laughs) I was receiving a paycheck. I needed to do the job as required. But you know what I mean? But I didn't enjoy it while I was doing it. I was doing a lousy job. (laughs) I took long long breaks. Um, But it's like the, the idea that they need to travel to the year that Judgment Date occurs in order to stop it is crazy. It's crazy, but it, it's 
because it's a movie and they want the drama amped up in terms of a, you right. know, a clock counting down. I mean, that's it. It's the Back to the Future thing of like, why doesn't Marty give himself more time to save Doc Brown? They could have given. They could have had years and years and years yes. to stop Judgment Day. They could have taken their sweet time. They travel to like the day before Judgment Day. Yeah. And then something, oh, there's a countdown clock. It's like, it's your own fault. You travel forward in time. You can't, you have no one to blame but yourself for running out of time. You traveled forward 30-something years in time. <laughs> 33 years. Just go 30 instead of 33. Right, yeah, give yourself three years. Instead of having 33 years to solve the problem, they had a day. Guess what? Maybe you shouldn't have traveled forward in time. <laughs> well, you should have, but just not that much. I don't think they should have. Whatever. Yeah, they would have been old in 2017, but it's like they still could have done the job, even if they were, you know, in their 50s or 60s. So do you think you think they would have just been hanging out and enjoying 1984 and all the way through? No, I think they would have very gradually been putting together an actual plan rather than like showing up in 2017 and having to scramble, buck being na- arrested multiple times and arrested buck naked in the <laughs> yeah. middle of the freeway. They're, they're having to scramble without much of a plan. It's just like. Take your time and plan. At the very least, you have a time machine. You can leave whenever you want. Stay in I, twenty to, in 1984 for a week and come up with a plan. You, you know? Like, they leave us as soon as they kill the 2000. They just leave. That's actually the best point. You'd think, not even take, take a week. Take a few days. Right, yeah. It's anything. Explore 1984. They take maybe a half hour. They, they take time to, to melt the remains of the Terminators in Breaking Bad-style vats. Yes. And then they just strip and jump in the, in the thing. They take like two minutes to argue about what year to go to. And yeah. he finally convinces her, which I don't buy that either. But whatever. So she's, she's convinced because he remembers a thing that he couldn't, shouldn't remember. Or well, and, blah, blah, blah. and you do get the exposition that I said of the, the nexus point. This is really trying to explain the, why Kyle can remember stuff from different timelines. But yeah. here's where this is, uh, this is maybe... Amelia Clark's worst acting is in this scene of I, I've got it one bullet to fire at the heart of Sky. It's it's I don't think it's a well written line and it's not well delivered. I don't remember that line, but it sounds about right. Give the chip back. Oh right, yeah, it's not good. That's right. That chip. This chip is the bullet. I can. Yeah. Now I'm remembering. I mean, that's just more like endlessly talking about the plot stuff because I yeah. think now we get more about like John and what was he like and all that. I guess that's less plot and more like. Just kind of character stuff. Cause, oh, yeah, because this is where we learn about their, their moonshine operation, which I do, I do enjoy. <laughs> Kyle and John making moonshine yeah. and exploding. Yep. So you, they're just the beer baron of the not, future. I, yeah. <laughs> the beer baron. I, uh, I have Reese shows his soft side uh, for Sarah until Pops comes in and says, alternate timelines are not that complicated. <laughs> right. Did you mate? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that just feels like the movie being like, look, guys, stop worrying about it. It's yeah. not that complicated. No. It's like actually it is, but the movie's telling us uh, we, we need no, just just never mind the man behind the curtain. Well also this scene is where we get that Jessica Rabbit shot of Amelia Clark, like the, the shadow of her stripping and like you know, it's PG thirteen, it, but you're seeing her like you know, outline in the yeah. man, it's real corny. I was just gonna say the, the movie is basically saying this is PG thirteen, this is all we can do. There may as well be like a muted trombone be like blah, 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 you know. It's like a strip tease music playing. And she had fans, you know, like that kind of a thing. I mean, like, uh, you're right. They're talking about the Burdello <laughs> Burlesque. No, the Burlesque. Uh, I'm the one quoting Simpsons today. Sex cauldron. <laughs> I thought they shut that place down. <laughs> that that shadow is so ridiculous. But anyway, they travel forward in time. Oh, I we, I can't skip the part where Pops implies that Kyle Reese has a tiny dick. <laughs> I missed that. 
<laughs> How could you miss that? It's implied, but he definitely... I think I have the line. Uh, oh, it's Pops talking to, to Kyle Reese, and he says, I've seen little, and he glances down. I've seen little to indicate that you're a Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm serious. I totally missed really? it. Really? Do you want to find I, it? No, I believe you, but I totally... Well, now, I re- now I want to see you reacting to it because I feel like that, that is so... I've, I mean, I remember the line, but I, I totally missed. See, this is a wise cracking Terminator. That's, I mean, this I think, is pretty close to T3. I don't know if that was the Terminator intentionally doing it or not, but hold on. R- really quickly, I need you to see him glancing down if Amazon will... Before you arrival in 2017... Okay, coming up. Here we go. Kyle Reese, I've seen little to indicate oh, that you've yeah, right. got into serotonin. I totally missed that. Oh, man. I'm telling you, I like Pops more and more. I mean, that's definitely a, a choice on Arnold's part, oh, whether or not it's the Terminator deliberately implying something, but... That is fantastic. <laughs> okay. Pops is awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like Pops, too. He's a good mix of he's still plausible as a killer Terminator, yeah. but he's, he's fatherly, and yeah, Pops is good. Uh, so from, from here, they basically, they, I, t- she asked, what's the time machine like? And, you know, he says, It'll whatever, it doesn't matter. They get right. in the time machine. They have it's, the, it's an echo of Terminator one, right? Doesn't he describe what the time machine feels like and how much it hurts, et cetera. Yeah. And I think that's all that is. Uh, so we get to 2017 and there are two naked people in the middle of the freeway. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of carnage going on with this car crash, but I have no bodies because I think it, the cops say later that. They say, oh, some terrorists, all they accomplish is making a big pothole. So yeah. it's like, no, they would have said if people had died. Absolutely. And I, I actually have, you know, in the response when Pops is there like, you know, late and the guy <laughs> right. in traffic, I have PG-13 Pops response to an angry commuter. Bite me. Yeah. But the fact that she said bite me earlier, and oh. he said it was immature. And I like yeah. the fact that he's he, now he's throwing it out. It's a nice bookend, but you know what I would have liked is a little bit of a callback. They've done enough of it that you don't have to. I would have liked seeing the responses on Pops. Oh, yeah, that's that true. That would have actually really been a nice moment. I mean, clearly they had to clean it up, and it all could have had to have been PG-13, but it would have been nice to see the alternate responses he went through. Yeah, I was about to say that would have really called to attention the fact that it was PG-13. The fact that those alternates aren't even there, aren't even right. choices. Because um, I have to assume, even if it shows up in text, do they use it once? Do they say an F bomb? I don't think they use it at all Not in at this all? one. I know in a different recent movie we talked about it that they get one. But yeah, they I, get one. Not I. I don't think they use any in okay, this. Okay, I thought maybe they did, but, but I just I would. And again, they could have all been cleaned up responses. Yeah. But I still think it would have been great to show him go through the progressions of what he could have said. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. They definitely yeah. should have done that. Anyway, um, I do like the fact that I, I just made this assumption, but I think there's. The fact that he said, like, I'm sending you to a certain set of coordinates, and then he ended up in the underpass underneath. It's like, I'll bet Google Maps sent him. He just typed in coordinates, and he ended up on the street beneath the high underpass. Cause it's, Damn you, Genesis. Right, exactly. Uh, so this is actually the point now where we get Sarah talking about 1973, um, and that, you know, how Pops came, came and saved her, and, you know, the, we get the story or the line, or her dad tells her to swim in a straight line and not yeah. to look back. Yeah, and we we get flashbacks here also, right? We see a little bit of it of nine-year-old so. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and she said that the, her mom was waving to her, and the house exploded. It's like, boy, and every time her mom appears, it's not good. Sarah's mom is always getting getting murdered by Terminators. Yep. Why don't they just now that I think about it? Why don't they just go back in time further and kill Sarah's mom? Because she's very clearly not equipped to escape from Terminators. <laughs> she has a proven track record of being murdered say, by Terminators. Her track record is. Oh, for lifetime against Travel back to 1961 when, when she's pregnant with Sarah and she has, she has no chance. Maybe, maybe there's another movie. 
Maybe. I mean, I will assume someone would send a good Terminator back, but she would just be so inept at, you know, protecting herself. From there, you get uh, Kyle and Sarah disagreeing about Pops, and Kyle insists that basically Pops is playing the long con on on her. Yeah. Which I don't know what... How that makes sense, but whatever. I mean, he just doesn't trust him. No, he just, he's, I I think it's justified. He's coming from a time that machines are the enemy, and so he just assumes there's no way any of them can be on their side. It makes sense. But this is then when we get J.K. Simmons introduced. He is so awesome. He's great in this movie. He's too good for this part. He's too good, and the and the part is probably too small too. I don't think you need a lot more, but it'd be nice. Maybe it's just because I just like him as an actor. I would have liked a little bit more of him. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to justify taking this new character and making him that important that he's, like, along for the ride. But I agree. I mean, I, I think, honestly, it, it could have made the whole movie about him. I would much prefer that. Or cast, it, cast him as Kyle Reese. <laughs> you know? J.K. Simmons as Kyle Reese. Yeah, or, you know, I'm sure they're going to come some justification of just, like, it's old Kyle Reese. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen, uh, speaking of buff, like, I mean, he's too buff to play calories at this point. Have you seen? No. I think it's because he's playing Commissioner Gordon in the new Batman, oh. and he decided he wanted to get in shape for it. He's like, he is like, he he could be entering Mr. Olympia and like stuff really? like that. He is in crazy shape for his age. So could he actually be playing Batman? <laughs> I mean, I think so. He could probably play an old Batman. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, I think they should have found a better, some role for him that would make him more central to the plot. I agree. Because he's just too peripheral a character to justify making him a central character. Yeah, so in speaking of it, so can, can, do you have any logic why he's in San Francisco? I mean, I know it's a long time later, so there's any reason why he could have moved. It's just very circumstantial that an L.A. cop is now up in San Francisco. Yeah, I didn't didn't occur to me but you're right it's a I very mean, big coincidence it is but it also is a long time into the future so i mean it's not do you think maybe this is just me playing Uh-oh. devil's advocate this is gonna be good you're gonna get upset at me do you think maybe he found the time machine because he was investigating and he found the rickety old time machine and he saw destination san francisco 2017 <laughs> or do you think well no because i was gonna say do you think he ran into pops in those 30 oh, years it could be maybe on a construction site he didn't see Pops, though, did he? He never saw Pops, so he doesn't know what Pops looks like. No. He only saw the T-1000 and Sarah and Kyle. Yeah. So everyone but Pops, he saw. Yeah. Because, yeah, we, well, Pops is in the back of the, the Brinks truck. Yeah, with the... He was t- there, but... With the T-800, basically. Yeah, he's, he's in the back. Yeah. So, anyway, here, um, you, you get a bunch of stuff here about Genesis, and now it's down. I just... This, this was very much wanting it to be... Fear Amazon, fear Google, all that stuff is, and and why I think also they wanted this movie to take place in 2017. Yeah, I mean they they want to make it about they wanted to make it relevant to the modern world. Yep. But the way they did it is so grafted on and clunky. Like, yeah, you I mean, think so? I, I think so. It's just it just seemed like someone was just like, oh, you know, phones, tablets, that's Skynet now. Just there's there needs to be more ex- explanation than just now. Phones and tablets are Skynet. It's like there's a very offhanded thing on the news story about, like, even the military is integrating Genesis into there. It's like, that's not enough to explain. It's like, let me put it this way. If they wanted to make Genesis be an operating system and to have a commentary about, you know, modern technology and, you know, social media, etc., they shouldn't have kept it nuclear annihilation. Like, if they had done a thing where... That's what I mean. Like it feels grafted on. Like they're still trying to keep the Terminator nuclear thing. 
But yeah, if they really wanted to make it a commentary, it should have been like people gave up their privacy and the the machines used that against them and found everyone's weakness and or you know or like just created chaos in the infrastructure and the internet and whatever. I mean, they kind of say stuff like that. They kind of they kind of John Connor before he reveals that he's evil does say something about like they're just giving away their. You yeah, know, privacy or whatever. But it's like it has nothing to do with nuclear nuclear just, missiles. You're right. It it probably needed to get to ultimately annihilating or going to war with humanity in a different way. Yeah, I think that's what they should than, have done than with nuclear weapons. Instead you're of right. saying there's the world will still be destroyed by nuclear fire or whatever. It's like the whole ending of this movie. Uh, since we're talking about it, I'll just talk about it now. But like the whole ending of this movie is this countdown. It's like this is when Genesis is released to the world, but it's a consumer product. How does that affect in any way what technology America's nuclear arsenal is using? It's like the military isn't going to go, oh, Genesis is out, click, you know, integrate into missiles, right? <laughs> They're going to do testing. It's like there's not like <laughs> – You would hope not, but I don't know. Maybe the current administration is like, well, it's private enterprise. That's an easier I mean, way. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's more believable now than perhaps ever before. But, click. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, I got this email. It's gonna say it says it's gonna make a nuclear arsenal phenomenal. <laughs> Download. Um, that was a terrible Trump. That was like my worst Trump ever. Um, yeah, I don't. I just. I just don't. It doesn't do a good enough job connecting those dots to the point when where I think yeah, I think they should have just made it, you know, something else, something total, a different type of apocalypse. You know, even if it was it was a little less clear. Like even if it was just like well. Something was going to happen. We don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Because now the future's totally changed, and they don't entirely know. It could what. be anything. Yeah. They should just be like, if as long as they get some kind of a sense of just like, we know that Genesis is bad. You know, like it's something. You know, the machines will. St- Skynet is still Genesis, but now Skynet has a different plan rather than launching nukes. It's something else. Yeah. That's all. We, you don't even really need to explain much else. I I think you're right, but I think that they they've done so many other callbacks and references and integrating things that they just didn't want to get rid of what's been consistent in all of the movies. Right. I mean, I think the idea of, the, of a nuclear apocalypse is so inherent to the Terminator franchise that, that it has they to didn't stay. want to change it. Yeah. I don't know if it has to, though. It's obviously they didn't want to, but I think they could have gotten away with it. They could have moved. I mean, I would have been okay. I don't know if other fans, but I, I would have been fine with it. Or just make it a little more ambiguous. I mean, I guess it is ambiguous. It's, I mean, it's not clear what's going to happen when that countdown hits zero. It's just like, that's part of my problem with the ending. It's just like, what does this, this countdown is so arbitrary. It means nothing. What do you mean? It's like, oh no, Genesis is coming. <laughs> It'd be coming. funny if it's like so much other software and it just didn't work right. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll get there. Well, in, in particular, this moment in the hospital, honestly, that stuff didn't bother me as much as this rude doctor just talking to his girlfriend or whatever, but like, Genesis, I'm so excited, I'm going to get it. It's like, hey, you're treating a patient. It's the worst bedside manner I've ever seen. Ah, he's one of those millennials, they don't care. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's a sign of the apocalypse. It's just like, man, like you know, social norms are collapsing. <laughs> bedside manner with doctors is terrible. Yeah, everyone's going to get an infection and die because doctors are too busy on their phones or something. <laughs> Uh, so this is the the police have some questions for Sarah and Kyle, and they're basically that they're able to. It's the ironic thing is that Sarah's so far off the grid they can't find her, but they they do know of Kyle, but he's twelve years old. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess they gotta connect those dots in terms of like he he's around. I mean, I guess we know from Kyle Reese's like alternate memories or whatever. Yeah, that he exists and he's he has parents. They have a house. Yeah. But it, it, in the end, you know, it, it doesn't matter because this is just 
getting ready to get them to escape because uh, you have O'Brien trying to ask some questions and uh, yeah, he's, he's right. I have so many compliments about J.K. Simmons. He's just really selling this. Like, you guys, I saw you guys. He's really like, he, man, he is giving this part his all. Yeah, he's it's so not good. a huge, but he's giving everything he's got to to O'Brien. And that uh, Reese says that you know he's a soldier, and O'Brien's excited. Oh, he's a soldier as well. You know, right. when did you enlist? And you know, it's of course the time travel joke of. 2021 or whatever right. the, the number is that Kyle gives. Well, I mean, I think the one flaw with that scene is J.K. Simmons or O'Brien, is that the character's yeah. name? O'Brien enlisted in, what, 81? Yeah. And is he's a cop in 84? He had a very short tour, apparently. Yeah, I didn't... Was it 81? I thought he said 81. Yeah, I didn't write it down, so you might be right. If I, so, that's a problem. I could be wrong. I didn't write it down either, but I, 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 I remember it was a year after the Vietnam War was over. So I remember thinking, like, oh, he didn't even... doesn't seem like he really fought in anything. Yeah. Maybe like Grenada or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that time, that period very well. What, I mean, uh, there were conflicts, but nothing major. Yeah, and they get this, this scene where like Kyle and Sarah somehow like non-verbally figure, uh, figure out how to like scam them into like, this fake argument about whatever. Yeah, to to be able to knock a tray off to get something to get out of their yeah, cuffs. To, like pick their their cuffs. This idea they've known each other for like four hours. Now they're suddenly in so in mu- sync. so good in sync. Yeah, that yeah. they can like coordinate this non-verbally well especially it doesn't make sense that you, you could have easily solved this too because in a few minutes john's, john's gonna just, come in with a key yeah, he says I, got, I brought a key i don't know why i bothered it's like yeah, it, it's true but uh it is that's another moment that actually i really like jason clark is that he, the way he says uh, i don't know why i, I right, should have like, known better he kind of laughs about it like yeah, yeah, yeah he's great uh, i wish he got a little bit more of a big reintroduction here he just kind of wanders back into the no, movie. He, he just, hey, I'm <laughs> right. Remember me? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird how he just kind of walks in. Before that, you do have the establishment of Danny Dyson uh, on TV. Yeah, on TV. Uh, eventually, you get him later in, in a scene. But I, I did like integrating all that back in from from T two. Yeah, just think that he's the same kid who was driving the RC car around. Yeah. And here he is again. Yeah, and that's where you get the, the part, the offhanded comments about like the military is integrating it into whatever. <laughs> that's the one thing I will give T three credit on. Is at least it actually goes into depth about that and explains it. How the system got turned. Yeah, and why they would turn it over to a machine. Here it's just like, eh, don't worry about it. I mean, it still was a bit much in that that it was a virus, that, but whatever. It, it was far more plausible than this, as you said, a consumer product <laughs> right. effectively yeah. taking things over. Yeah, it's uh, the idea of, like Windows 10 <laughs> starting a nuclear war. Yeah, it seemed it is a pretty big leap. Windows 10 can't even like it can't even update itself without messing up. You do so, you do get a nice lead line here from John too that the uh, the thing of because he he comes in and effectively you know frees them you know lures a couple of cops in yeah but he gets a line about infiltration that you don't know until it's too late yeah that's nice I think that's all nice kind of foreshadowing yeah. once you know what's going on the, the, my only beef with it is is that. It's foreshadowing, but it's for like 15 seconds because they're, they're about to reveal what John well, is. Well, I think the red herring here is supposed to be that because like the Homeland Security guys are showing up. You're and right. I think you're supposed to think that one or both of them are. It's like a T-1000 yeah, or something. Yeah, I think that's the, what's supposed to be happening is the movie is supposed to be casting suspicion on them. It doesn't really work, but. I, I could see that, though. I, th- I think you're right. I think that's what it's supposed to be. But yeah, and then Pops arrives with a giant teddy bear. I love that teddy bear. <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, of all the things that the T eight hundred is hidden weapons, there has been so many. That that's actually what I got the biggest smile about. I mean, the rose, the roses are probably the most plausible of of all of them. It's the most low key. Like yeah. this is so not low key. It's huge bear. 
I mean, it's a hospital. So many bears. <laughs> it is like a talking bear or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's a hospital, so like you can buy that someone would be bringing a bear in, but but it is a massive bear. So it calls so much attention to him. <laughs> but whatever, he gets away with it. Um, meanwhile, uh, John Connor's he tases two cops and they're taking their weapons and stuff. Yeah, and they make uh, make their way into the parking garage, and this is where Kyle Reese finds out that he's John's father. Well, first up in, up in the room, you get the scene where he, I think you already kind of talked about this, where he's talking, he's telling Sarah, he's proving that he's real, the real yes. John Connor. Yeah, and I I think it's a Again, great. a great in terms of humanizing and a, gr- a great performance by Jason Clark. Yeah, it really is kind of a shame that he's doing this just to gain their trust. Yeah, and so. th- and this is kind of this is the last one of those nice moments because then from here he becomes basically the villain, you know, for the rest the duration of the movie. Yeah, do you think there's a there's a moment here where like because pops goes into the security room and just flips that guy in his chair, <laughs> flips him for real. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he sees he sees them going into the parking garage, and that's how he finds them. <laughs> By the way, you're right. Now that from the usual suspects, that is what flipping for yeah, somebody. Absolutely does. I like the, the detail that the guy is distracted on his phone, like yep. it's just selling the the Genesis thing. Do you think this movie is trying to cast doubt on who is the good? At, do you think the movie is make wants us to wonder if Kyle is right and that pops is there to kill them? Because it kind of seems like maybe it's trying to cast doubt on... It the- tries it a little bit, but I just I don't think you'll ever buy it because other than the Terminator, Arnold has always been the hero in these. And I just don't think you're ever going to believe it. I mean, a little bit in T3 when he gets corrupted. A, a little I bit. am a machine or whatever he does. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not very much. That, no, I, no. I, I think you're... I don't think it's an unfair comment or observation that they're trying to cast out but i just i would never buy it i wasn't sure if it was in my head i wasn't sure if they were trying to cast that doubt or if i was just imagining it no i don't i mean i because i think you've got it a little bit you've got it both the homeland security that they're trying but they're not really selling it because they're going to reveal it too in 10 seconds that jason clark is the villain it's just too short a time to really build up any kind of like doubt and the fact that they you know, did it in the promotional materials. They they revealed that stuff. Oh right, yeah, that's about John Connor. Yeah, which yeah, I, I, I forgot about that. I, I think forget. that's of all the things. I think that's the biggest mistake. It's it, it's interesting that marketing was probably the biggest mistake. I think if they hadn't done that, I think this movie would have been better received. I really do. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, okay, now I totally forgot they revealed that in the trailer. Yeah, because now now I know what you were talking about earlier. Like I, I that I knew they revealed a lot, but I didn't remember that. They did. I, mean, I, 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 I now I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I don't dislike, I'm okay with this, you know, taking it in the direction and making it a little different that John is now, you know, on Skynet's side. I'm, yeah. I can accept that and go with it, but then you need to really hide that. You need to hold that back, and that has to be the big reveal in this movie, and it wasn't. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I totally forgot yeah. that that was the case. That's fine. Um, yeah, but I agree. I don't, I don't hate evil John Connor. I'm, I'm with you there. You get, no, I it actually, actually works all right. That's the thing is, I, 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 I in some ways, kind of like the evil John Connor. I mean, the only downside is that now John Connor is dead. It's like, yeah. if they could have done it in a way that John Connor was still alive and we could still have Jason Clark as John Connor. But, to, you know, to your question, because now on my next note, you get Pops, you know, does grab Reese by the throat. I, I, I do think they're trying to plant the seed yeah, yeah. a little bit. A little bit. But they, I mean, they drop it immediately. Right, because once... Uh, John gets back up. He like really kind of puppets his way back up. Whatever is happening there. Like yeah. it, once he's revealed that he's a Terminator, then yeah, obviously all pretense is gone. It's all, it's all thrown out because here you're right. Pops comes through. He shoots John. He grabs Kyle. But here's the thing: is that 
Sarah threatens Pops with a pistol. What is that going to do? <laughs> right. That that I'm this is I'm like this is stu- I wrote this is stupid. Yeah. Either Terminator and you just have, you know, a, a Homeland Security or FBI pistol. That's not going to do anything to Pops. Well, she took out the other T-800 by shooting it through like the like the power source or whatever, like the equivalent of his heart. But it, it was at like least a, aim at the heart. Aim at the heart, but it also was it was a rifle that I assumed was like designed for like piercing a tank. Yeah, it was definitely a, a high high caliber sniper yeah, rifle. She just has a pistol. That's not going to do anything yeah, to Pops. That's that's true. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I didn't really think about that, but yeah, that is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my question, I think the reason why I didn't think about it is I was thinking about this here. What was John, evil John Connor's plan? Because before it's revealed that he's a Terminator, he's going like, we're going to take down Skynet and we're going to do it together. What was, what was he, how long was he going to play this charade and what was he going to do? I think he was going to play it for a little while and he, I, I think he wanted, you know, to basically rule with Skynet with, with his parents. He wanted to try and convince them that... Corrupt them somehow? Yeah. Is that, I think that's what his his game was. Do you think he legit has, like, still has like, emotional ties to them in terms of, like... He has John Connor's memories. Right. I, I think he does, because even though he has a machine's body and that he is tied into Skynet, I think he still has his memories and has a soft spot for his parents. Why didn't he bring back posh British man and he could have converted them into robots? He could have turned them into robots and they'd be a happy robot family. Could posh British man go through the time machine? I, I don't see why not. Does he have flesh? I mean, he's a, he's a Terminator, right? Isn't he? Or he's yeah. something. He's some kind of well, physical being. That's what we don't know. We don't know what it is. Do you think he has to have like some connection? Because he is Skynet. Do you think he needs to... like? be in, in connection with the rest of the net. Yeah, probably. So he, he can't abandon his post. Well, once that countdown hits zero, does he be, turn into a real flesh and blood boy from a hologram? <laughs> does he become Haley Joel Osment yeah, in AI? Yeah. Would he have would he then have the power to turn John's family into robots? Maybe that was the long term plan. Maybe, Maybe it was it like was the, the plan. The You're longest right. con imaginable. Is he was just John was waiting until yes. The posh British man comes out, and then What's he... What's the can, Matt Smith. Matt right? Smith. Agent Smith. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but here's what I do like, is that J.K. Simmons, goddamn time traveling. Yes. Oh, he's such a great delivery. The best. It is awesome. Yeah. I just want a whole movie about this character. It can be like a total side, you know, like, you know... What he was doing in it, L.A. in the 80s and 90s up until 2017. They could They could do like what Star Wars is doing with their side stories. It could be like... Officer O'Brien, a Terminator story or whatever, you know? I just I want this character. He's he's the best. <laughs> Time traveling robots <laughs> coming up to cover their tracks. goddamn tracks. It's the best. He's the best. J.K. Simmons is the best. He's always great. So from from his talking about time traveling robots, John then, you know, is giving his speech and then you see what happened in the future. This is then where you get the bodies. How many did you yes, count? I counted twenty. Twenty bodies. Twenty wow. bodies, and that's not counting John, who we already counted. Wow. It's 21 total. So we're at, we're out 35. That's a lot. There are a lot of guys there. I mean, he had a whole crew of dudes like to help in there helping out with the time machine. Yeah. Well, the t- calibrating that time machine is not easy. We kind of talked about it already, but I just don't like this. I don't like I do not like No, I I Skynet being a person, even if it's a robot person or whatever he is. I I'm I'm not I haven't disagreed with you on that. It's it's not a strong point. Yeah, anyway, we get the stuff about they're marooned in time. 
Yep, That's this is this is where you get it, and then uh, you get a fight. A, a fight between Terminators breaks out, and a Pepsi machine gets yeah. the worst of it. They use three different weapons: a tank of compressed air, a Pepsi Max machine. It's not even just a Pepsi machine; it's Pepsi Max. Yep, and an MRI machine, which it seems like they kind of have the solution right there. You know what I mean? How do we deal with this magnetic John Connor? Magnets. Here's an MRI machine. Like the, the, he's pinned and stuck there, and then. Kyle turns it up to like a hundred, you know, and and the thing catches on fire and uh, blows up. It's like if you just left it in a reasonable, you know, level, it seems like he would have been trapped there. Well, he would have been trapped, but eventually people would have been cleaning out the hospital, damaged, and would have turned it down, and he would have gotten away. Maybe. So Do you think if they had sprayed that acid on John Connor, oh, it would have worked? Oh, that's a good question. If that were, I mean, if it works on a T one thousand. They could have gone and got some of that ass. Just leave them pinned. Just tell them, nobody touch this. Leave we'll this be thing turned on. Yeah. We will be back. Do not change the dial. Do not turn it up or down. That's O'Brien's job is to just sit there right, and monitor. watch and monitor the uh, the MRI. I was just I didn't even think about this, but do you think their acid trap is still there in LA? Do you think someone found someone probably found it and got rid of it, right? Oh, well, no. Been sitting there for 33 years, Pops, probably not. Pops probably clean it up, because he would have had to clean up the time machine and all that other stuff. I guess. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he, do you think he, he still has that acid just sitting around? Like, set up a new trap. <laughs> I mean, it's a long trip to L.A. <laughs> I've, it's been sitting around for 30 years. Do you think it yeah, has the same maybe potency? Yeah, probably, I, I don't think so. I don't know if acid goes stale, but yeah, I, I imagine it probably does. Well, we know it's a, we know it's a short walk from L.A. to San Francisco because Terminator Salvation taught us that. Yes, so it wouldn't take long to get to L.A. No, it wouldn't. Marcus had no problems yeah, getting there. It's just like a day's walk, and then you get this moment where uh, John Connor's like walking. Like he's like leaving bits of himself, trying like, to get at Kyle. Yeah, and that's know. when Kyle turns it up. Right. I guess. Yeah, I guess he had to turn it up to like pull him back, but. Is that supposed to be like the the evolution of man thing? You remember, you know that thing I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's a good. I wasn't good sure catch. If that was a thing. I, I thought of that, and I also thought of the three amigos. Remember where where Steve Martin's gonna make it? Oh, you're right. Gonna make it. He's basically doing that. He's I trying. didn't think about that. That's a good catch. <laughs> and then too. he turns it up. Ah, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> uh, uh, but somehow it's unexplained because when O'Brien comes in the next scene after Kyle escapes. He's just gone. John's yeah. gone. I mean, the, the MRI machine's scorched, and I, I I thought that Kyle just turned it up way too high, and it kind of just turned it up to eleven, yeah, and burned it out, busted it. Uh, yeah, so we get some more exposition about what is John, and it's like, yeah. what what could he be? And he's like, I know what he is, and he explains like somehow Pops knows more. Yeah, he Pops knows a lot, and we don't know a lot about him and how he's there. Yeah, I mean, John's a magnet man, basically. <laughs> That's probably the best that's, way to explain that's, it. That's essentially what he is. Yeah. He's been replaced on a cellular level. And he, uh, he is a T-3000. Is he? Yeah. Where do they say that? I don't know if I read it or if they say it, but he's a T-3000. Oh, I totally... I, I did yeah. not know he had a number. He is a T-3000. That seems like... I he's almost, still not the T-1 million. That's true, yeah. He's not as cool as a liquid metal spider. <laughs> a 3D liquid metal spider. Put on 3D glasses now. <laughs> well, that, the T1 million is just defeated by doing a Tarzan leap over him and dropping a bomb into his mouth. Like, the T1 million kind of sucked. <laughs> I think the T, uh, John Connor in the this T, movie. I was going to say the T3000 is more impressive than the T1 million. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he should just be John Connor. I don't like the idea of him having a number like that. I, he's, sorry. He's, you know, he's evil John all, Connor. All of the Terminators get numbers. Did uh, Marcus get a number? He didn't get a number, did he? Ooh, was he See? a Terminator, though? 
He was just an experiment. Yeah, I guess not. I guess he's not really a Terminator. Because he's still he's still a human up up top. Well, but John kind of is, but he's just he's a robot but that behaves like a human or whatever. <laughs> I guess it's a fine line. I didn't know he had a number. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's only that I either IMDB credits or whatever, but he needs the T three thousand. Yeah. Well anyway, the T three thousand has a job at Cyberdyne, that's where we learn that we get the Dysons here. Yeah. Father and son. Or, Danny and uh and Miles. Yeah, and now uh, played by uh, uh, Courtney Vance. Yeah. What happened to the original guy? I don't remember his name, but he's still alive. Why don't yeah. they use him? I don't know. I, I do like Courtney Vance as an actor, and he's not used much, so I don't think it matters either way. Yeah. I mean, it's really just this scene, I think. Yeah, this scene, and then later when they unveil, like, here comes yes. Genesis. and Yeah, he's doing like a countdown ho- yeah, for the employees to pump them up before. <laughs> yeah. Um, the release. But, yeah, not much. I mean, it, it's funny because off the air, we were talking about uh, people versus OJ Simpson last time we were here. And it's yeah. like, and I, I wonder what your opinion was of him as uh, Johnny Cochran. Oh, he, you was, were, he was phenomenal. Really? Okay. Yeah. You were saying you didn't really like the, a lot I, of the performances in that. I, well, his, I did. I, I just, I that, agree. that show, that miniseries just feels like a reenactment for unsolved mysteries or a current affair. I just, I don't understand why it got so much Emmy love. That said, Courtney Vance is great. He, he was phenomenal yeah he's another guy who seems like he's too good for the part that he's playing but yeah. i think a lot of these guys are just like i'll take the work these these parts probably pay pretty well for compared to the number of days they're working like it's yes. probably a pretty good paycheck yeah but yeah, I, know, I know the guy who played miles dyson originally he he played a pretty similar character in batman versus superman yep remember he basically played miles dyson in that so i was like they could have brought him back would have been nice to see him uh anyway yeah so we learned that John Connor has invented a time machine that doesn't quite work yet, and he's invented liquid metal all in the span of three years. It's pretty, he's pretty impressive, but the time machine does not work, as we said. Yes. I mean, I think you really exposed a real logic flaw there. I, mean, I didn't think about it, but yeah, how could the T-800 build a time machine? And John Connor can't, but I guess you just, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, so we, this is... Uh, so before we move on, so here's this is related to my crazy timeline conversation before, from before. So in this timeline, Miles and Danny Dyson, they have never been confronted by any time travelers about their work, right? No, I don't There's, think so. Sarah Connor's skipped over all this, so Sarah Connor never had a chance to to attack them at their house or whatever. No, and it, and it's a, yeah, it's a different Sarah Connor, right? She left 1984. She certainly was not there in the 90s to go attack them, right? So how was there not a traditional Cyberdyne then? I mean, I know the chip isn't there, but presumably that all still should have mostly happened, right? Why is it now Genesis? Why didn't... Because he, he's still at Cyberdyne, and they're still making robotics, and I, I imagine... That well, they're making robotics, but I think it's because John shows up, and he's the one pushing Genesis. Is he? I think so. No, I thought it was the opposite. I thought he showed up and was the one pushing the time machine and the liquid metal stuff. Well, he was pushing all of it. I think he's just there to... I think Genesis... This is kind of what I was saying. Where I think there's an implied timeline where Kyle and... Uh, boy, we're really going to get back into this, this crazy timeline, so I apologize. But I think there's an implied timeline where Kyle and Sarah don't know about Genesis. They travel to 1997. They stop traditional like T2 Judgment Day from happening. And then Genesis Judgment Day happens, Right. And so that's why Kyle tells himself Genesis is Skynet. And, yeah. But then I think now in this timeline, John Connor has been sent back to protect Genesis from Sarah and Kyle, who now know. Right? So I don't think in, in, in the implied timeline that we don't see, I don't think John Connor is there. 
Okay. Right? Genesis happens. Yeah. That makes and sense. he's just there to make sure it carries forward as it should. Oh, I think that makes sense. I think. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But I, that's that's kind of what I'm how I'm piecing it together. I mean, you, there's, there's no way to know. Yours is just as logical as anything the writers gave us. I mean, so. I'm, I'm obviously like, plugging a lot of gaps with speculation. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's not enough information here to, to be able to tell. Absolutely not. But yeah, we get the pep talk here about pre-orders have topped one billion. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, tell me about That's it. That's a little implausible. I don't think there are a billion people who have, like, access to clean water, let alone, like, the internet and, you know, uh, uh, smartphones and things. Oh. Maybe, maybe yeah. Uh, there's a billion that have access to that. Because, what, are there seven on the planet right now? Seven and a half billion? Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Now, one-seventh assu- of the population. Assuming that, yes. But that, everybody has Genesis, every yeah, single person. I, that, that, it's a leap. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I am underestimating uh, so uh, we get that Pops was stuck in traffic, and that's the reason why uh, he didn't show up. Yeah, they're just reusing this joke from Eraser. Same joke. Yep. I mean, it's a little, it's worded a little differently, but um, yeah, that's I don't know. I don't like that. Come up with your own joke, Terminator Genesis. But I, I do like here this little competition that Kyle and uh, and Pops get in and loading these oh, yeah. clips, reloading race or whatever it is. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, and then he gets like robotic arthritis or something <laughs> just like yeah it's not old but not obsolete yeah uh yeah and like an over dramatic kind of love scene between not, not a love scene but like you know they're just like oh you know dramatic if you fall in love yeah. with me you die and uh, yeah so uh, i think it's a little overridden overridden and i don't think either one of them deliver it very well no i yeah, i agree i do have a line of dialogue I, I was confused by she says if you love me you die and i don't and i don't know which one is worse what? What does she mean? I have no idea what she means by that. I, I don't either. Which is worse, him dying or her not dying? It's pretty clear which one of those is worse. Him dying is worse than you not dying. I mean, I don't really understand what she even means by that. I, I don't either. Oh, and then she says, oh, now that John is evil, they shouldn't ever have sex because they don't want to give birth to evil John or whatever. <laughs> it's like, boy, just, you can just say you're not into him. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go that far. Yeah, it seems like a pretty big leap. Um, but yeah, John shows up because he knew about the place too, et cetera. Yeah. So does this make sense that grandpa would be talking about this place? Well, I don't think John ever knew grandpa in any you know, reality. That, that's what I kind of had a tough time with. There's like 12 different timelines, none of which he ever knew grandpa. So yeah, but I mean, she must've mentioned it when he was growing up at some point. I have to assume yeah, that's I what Yeah, I guess you can leap with that. I, I just, I, I wanted to at least talk about it because it seemed, I'm like, how would he know his grandpa? Because we've never seen him. Or maybe, I mean, she probably brought him here. This is probably one of their many hideouts. Because I have to imagine John Connor, the John Connor we're seeing here had a pretty similar upbringing to what we see in T2. Pro- yeah. Right? I mean, because he ultimately leads the resistance. Yeah, so we, you have to assume that he was be prepared by his mother. He and Sarah were on the run for a while. Then she gets put in an institution. Yeah, He's in foster homes for, what, who knows, like four or five years of his life. And then she escapes, and they're on the run again. I Let's think that, that those are fair. They probably use this place as a hideout at some point. That's probably fair. Uh, but you do get that John says he won't stop until Skynet rules. No pity, no remorse. I'm glad that's in there. I, yeah, it's a nice kind of uh, moment for the fans, but it's like, is this a speech he should know? Is he is he just coincidentally saying the same stuff that Kyle Reese said in the Terminator, or is this something that Sarah repeated to him? I I kind of took it that Sarah might have told him that of what the machines are. 
she remembered word for word the speech that I mean she remember she remembers a lot of word for word yeah. stuff so I yeah I I, it, I guess it's fine I mean it's it's a nice nod to the first movie but. I thought so can can I can I say that the follow what I is a T eight hundred I lack the magnetic skills to appear as anyone else <laughs> for now <laughs> it's true um yeah it's fine it's, it's you know, like, oh that, that's him like you know he you, i i don't know i really smiled at it, that. It, it seemed like kind of a shot at to john connor it's like you know john i'm sure if john was disguised as uh as pops he would be able to speak like that to fool them it's like that's obviously pops john connor would never speak like that it's like john connor's pretty smart he can figure it out he's not the t1000 like he's very he's probably very good at disguise yeah imitating the t800 yeah. he has john connor's memories he was you know he spent a lot of time with t800 he was yeah it was a father figure well yeah. at least on one timeline it yeah, was for a short time yeah yeah so oh then he gives like i will not stop whatever until the skynet rules the earth and she goes rule this and shoots him with a something yeah. like flamethrower that's bad it rule is. this is bad yes and my note here is maybe this movie is bad after all <laughs> so like, maybe everyone's right because rule this is bad come on a lot of her stuff is bad though that's just a bad line though no. nobody can make that work no. rule this i i agree with you i mean that's that's just there's a lot of movies that I mean, i'm thinking of star trek uh, first contact where Worf says assimilate this it's, yeah. just, it's always bad it's blank this is not a don't good write it screenwriters everywhere shouldn't they should never put that in the movie i i agree uh, so they, they, they take off and they steal a bus. And yeah. Well, first of all, there's like a field trip to this. <laughs> Sorry, did I cut you off? I'm done. It's, it's, it's a nice view wherever they're at. Yeah, I guess. Well, I don't it, actually know. That may be somewhere that people go. I do not know what that is. I mean, it's, it's across the Bay Bridge or the, the Golden Gate Bridge, whatever. Yeah. So wherever that would be. What is that? Uh, Sausalito or something. I don't even know. It's, I, I don't know San Francisco. I don't know well enough. Geography. Either. Um, but the other thing is, there are so many cars and motorcycles and vehicles that are actually, including the van that they drove up in. Why are they taking this bus? I didn't think about this. <laughs> of all the things to take, they take this school bus. You're right. They did. Have, I mean, they drove up here. I, it's in the note. I skipped it. But they they drove. They up drove in a, up in a van that is perfectly functional. It's right next to the entrance. And why is it? The, I mean, was this bus driven by Otto, the bus driver from The Simpsons, that the keys are in it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's, they just wanted, you know, it's like it's a tradition in Terminator movies to have a chase in a large vehicle of some yeah, kind. I know. Like, you know, whether it's a tanker or like a, a semi tanker. The, the van, a, the van wouldn't have been enough. That, that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. But they needed to come up with a justification. They should have stolen this bus earlier. It needed to be a situation where it was their only option. And it's so many cars. There's so many cars. There are a ton of cars. Because, um, you know, and, well, I, I mean, whatever. It, 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 you know, In the end, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much, but it is dumb. It's dumb because they show so many cars. All they need to do is just have John Connor blow up their van. Yeah. They find this bus. It's the only thing there. Instead of a whole parking lot full of vehicles, they shouldn't have shown that parking lot. Because there's like people who see John Connor emerge, like right she, uh, in flames. She's yeah. She says, "Rule this!" Blows him up. He's on fire. He comes out of the flames. It's a cool shot. It's a yeah, but, I, but here's there's the people other thing. standing around and they watch the whole thing. I don't understand why is the magnetic John Connor in flames. I I don't know. Is it no magnetic material is flammable? I it seemed like a leap to me, but I'm not a scientist. I mean, is it a as a grenade, right? I think Grenades so, yeah. don't have any kind of fuel, right? I mean, if it was a flamethrower, I could buy it. He's just like covered in gasoline and it's on fire. 
Yeah, but I guess a grenade is just like a poof. Yeah, it's an explosion. It's a concussion thing. Not yeah. a, I, I have no idea. This stuff doesn't matter. It, in the end, here's what it gets to. I, it's, a, have, it's a cool shot as well. Yeah, I think it's a cool shot. And he decides he's going to steal a motorcycle, and so the chase sequence begins on the Golden Gate Bridge. Because that's what all of this was about, right? Was to set up yes. a chase on the Golden Gate Bridge. Because California passed a law in 2009 that says, if you make an action film, you have to have an action sequence on the Golden Gate Bridge. It is law now. <laughs> You're not allowed to make an action movie without that. I didn't realize that was a law. So many movies do this. I don't even know why. Why, why did you pick 2009? Because <laughs> that's the around way. when it started. I guess what, when would have been the first one? Like, uh, the first Planet of the Apes, or like, the first new Planet of the Apes had it. Um, Godzilla, yeah, which is after that. Did the second G.I. Joe have an action sequence on the Golden Gate Bridge, I want to say? And uh, the X, X3 that we hate has the Golden oh, Gate that's, Bridge. Oh, that's years earlier. That gets a pass because that, oh. that was not like... It's not recent enough? It wasn't, it wasn't the cliche that it is now. Okay. Um, yeah, Godzilla. There's, there's way more I'm forgetting. We should really look up. Maybe that's an ordinance in California now <laughs> that it needs to be the Golden I, Gate it Bridge. Seem, it seems to me like 2009 is around when that started. But uh, it just seems like a lot of movies... Um, actually, now I think about it, I don't think a Fast and Furious movie has had a sequence on the Golden Gate Bridge. Maybe in the next one. <laughs> Maybe. Now, they're too busy going to like Abu Dhabi and places like that. Like uh, San Francisco is too pedest- pedestrian yeah, now. It's too lame. Well, I guess 8 did have uh, New York. They went to New York. I've not seen it, so I don't know. I have it. It's arriving on UHD tomorrow. <laughs> it will be at my door. Since I can't watch the other seven, you've been hogging my uh, I'm working Blu-ray. on it. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I, have to, I had to get through this. This is the last yeah, episode. Fair enough. I've had urges to watch Fast and Furious, and I'm like, oh, Mike has my Fast and Furious Blu-ray. Bring it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I'm going to take your time. I'll have eight to watch tomorrow. So this, this whole sequence on here, I don't know. Is there anything other than it's a car chase? Pops winds up in a police car, of course, and he gives the get out. Yeah. Well, he says, nice to see you. Get out. Yeah. Like, That's weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing. They're trying to make nice to see you like a new catchphrase for him. Yeah. It's not working. No. Uh, yeah. and, and the only other thing I had is I'm not sure how Pops makes this power glove, by the way. He goes and he takes like a speaker yeah. from, and somehow it turns into a magnetic disruptor that he can beat up on the John Connor. I, I don't know how any of that works, but fine. Well, I mean, I'd buy it, except there's no power source. It's like... It needs a power source. It's like it's supposed to be running current through the wires. Yeah, I mean, if he if Pops like hooked it into himself somehow and he was the power source, okay, right. maybe. Well, but Kyle but, Reese uses it later, and he doesn't have. A, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. But that would completely be thrown out the window because Kyle uses it. I mean, it's just like, hey, look, he made magnetic knuckles. Just again, it's just it, the movie just wants. There's so many things stacking on top of it. it each other that the movie wants us to just accept. Yeah. I can accept so much, but just, yeah, it's really, really pushing it, this movie. It's like, that's why I mean, like, I think you and I like this movie, but man, there's just a lot of things that the movie is just asking us to accept on faith. Yes. Yeah, like, this is a, a small example, but I, it's an example. Let's just take it. So yeah. the sequence happens, and guess what? John winds up on the bus, falling down. Well, before it, it, they do the, uh, the Dark Knight flip Flipping over again. Yeah. And uh, not only that, I know we're running really long. I knew it was going to happen, but uh, very quickly, this part of the score sounded so much like Batman music. I missed it. I admit, don't look at the screen. I'm going to play right. you two clips. I wanted, to, I wanted to see if you can tell which one of these is from the Terminator Salvation score. All right. Not which, Salvation, but that's Or funny. from uh, Jazz. I, keep, I always do that. Um, even right. in the episode. All right. So here we go. Here's number one. Got my eyes closed. Okay. All right, that's, that's clip number one. I mean, I, I'm going to be surprised if that is not. 
Here's clip number two. They're very similar, but because of how many times I've seen The Dark Knight, okay, the, the first one has to be from Batman. Okay, you're correct. I, I, but the, I, I, I will tell you, I didn't notice it until you played it. I mean, I, I didn't notice it when I was watching the movie. There is a lot of similarity there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hans Zimmer was involved in the score. He didn't actually write it, but his team was Worked involved. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, but at least it, it just it illustrates my point. Absolutely, they're, they're <laughs> similar. Two are very similar. It is. In, I mean, the, the the Dark Knight is ingrained yeah, I, in my head. I should have known. I should have picked Dark Knight Rises or something. I should have. <laughs> if, if you would have went with Rises, I haven't seen it as many times. And if there was something similar, I probably wouldn't have been able to pick See, it. The out. thing is, I don't know that score well enough either to be able to find a clip that's so similar. So, gotcha. no, well done. You got it. Uh, but it does. So it does set up a couple of things here when the battle sequence is finally over. And if, you know, of course, pops and they've they've prevailed, but the police are there, and pops still, you know, a, a, Arnold as a Terminator has not been able since T one to actually kill human beings, and can't in this one either. Well, in this case, I think he was willing; he just didn't have enough ammo or whatever, right? No, but he still wasn't going to. I think he was going to just wound them. Oh, right, he does but say fourteen rounds is unacceptable. Yeah, he does say something. Like short that. Of, an un- of an unacceptable margin. Yeah, they just, they just give up. I don't want to skip over the moment where Arnold gets out of the cop car. I think that's a really cool moment. Like it's up there. Really, where he he puts the car into like a power slide and then just oh, like steps out of it. You're right. I love that. That is great. It's great. It's like it really really stands up to any like individual moments for Arnold. It's, I think it's up there. I really love that. No, it is good. And I, I like this. You know, again, it's kind of the wisecracking, but I like the setup. Normally, I don't like these when you use ironic music. I like it in this instance. Really? I'm not a big fan of it. Really? I, yeah. I liked it. That's fine. It's like a little comedy yeah. prisoner sequence. Right? Yeah. And, but you get Pop smiling again. Uh, oh, in the, the mugshot. Oh, mug in the mugshot. You're right. <laughs> I, does, I like it. He does smile in the mugshot. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know. This like comedy, like, what do you use this for? To find my keys. It's like, eh, you know, whatever. That's not. I'm, I just like bad boys being used. I think I, that for, uh, for that. And the other thing I like in this sequence, though, I like that they're referring to to Pops's lurch. Yeah, yeah, because the Homeland Security guy is, I think, asking, yeah. who's, "Who's lurch? Who's lurch?" And he's just sitting there refusing to say anything. That's okay. And and do you think that this is an intentional joke? We're not even sure he speaks English. Do you think that's maybe a little bit poking fun <laughs> at Arnold? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he, have they heard his accent or have no? They not? That's, okay. I, that's the reason I'm not sure it really is a joke because I don't think they've literally heard him say anything. Right. So I just thought me more of the screenwriters poking fun at Arnold just a little bit. We're not even sure if he speaks English. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think it's a little bit of a, a a joke at Arnold's expense. Yeah, yeah, but it turns out the the female cop who we saw earlier is actually John Connor, and yeah. she, he just kills everyone in the room, including her. I assume I, I put her on the body count because we established that a while ago that we we assumed any character that you know. Yeah, it's tough in this case because it's John Connor who is. <laughs> behaves differently like yeah if the t-1000 is disguised as someone they are absolutely dead yes and the tx also presumably this was like i don't know if i should counter but i did no i would okay so now we're 39 these the two homeland security co- uh, guys yep. and the two cops yep uh, o- o'brien only gets wounded in this yeah. sequence because he's there he magically has like his plot armor. He's he's too important to the plot to uh, be killed. So. Which is funny because he's really not that important. I think it's just they like the character J.K. Simmons too much. 
for him yeah. to have plot armor. That's part of it. But I think he, they need him there to help them escape from the police department. Once they've begun their escape, then he's in danger. Like yeah. It would almost be a thing where if he was in Last Action Hero, he'd be like, I've, I've served my purpose in the plot. I need to go hide right now because <laughs> now I can be killed. Or in... Um uh, Galaxy Quest is probably the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got that where um, Sam Rockwell realizes, wait a minute, you know who I am? Right. I, oh, I'm the one who's going to die. You're right. right. I'm, the com- I'm the comedy sidekick. You know, it's, it's that. Oh, I'm the comedic sidekick. <laughs> right. uh, I do like the moment where O'Brien bursts in. He's going he's gonna to let Sarah go. He's just like, I know, I'm sure something really, really complicated must be going on. And she's like, we're here to stop the end of the world. <laughs> okay, that works. Yeah, I can work with that. I that's that's very self aware. Of all this complicated stuff we've been talking about with a million timelines, this, this is the movie. It's very aware of the kind of movie it is. It's just like it's. I know it's very complicated, but in the end, it just cuts through it all. It says this is what we're here to yeah, do. It's, 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 it's still about preventing the end of the world, even through all that nonsense. Yep. So I can work with the two, J.K. Simmons, and <laughs> and this uh, also is Sarah is able because they we skipped over it and glossed over because it it's running a little long, but. Young Kyle Reese and his parents are there at the police station to make the idea, and he says he doesn't know other than that old Kyle Reese looks a little bit like his dad. Yeah. This is where Sarah tells young Kyle Reese, run in a straight line, you know, basically get away from the police station, and this is part of Kyle's nexus memory. Right. It closes the loop. It's how he remembers so he can tell her, et cetera. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, did O'Brien call in the Reeses? Was this his attempting to prove that? Kyle's a time traveler? That, that's what I took it as, yeah. I mean, did he expect them to recognize him, identify him? Like, what is it? No, I think that's what he was trying to prove, is that, look, here's the, you know, here's the person who, the 12-year-old that has the exact same fingerprints as right. old Kyle Reese. Right. Bringing him in, he doesn't recognize him, but I think that his logic was is that he was going to prove, look, here's the two people with the same fingerprints that can't possibly be. Like just the fact that young Kyle said, he looks like you, Dad, is like, to him, that's evidence. That, that, that's confirming it to O'Brien, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's already convinced, though, right? I mean... Well, that's what I mean. Like, why even bother? <laughs> he already knows what's going on. I mean, he's correct. I think it's he's trying to convince other people and that thinking bringing the family in will help. Yeah, he didn't expect a Terminator to arrive and kill everybody. (laughs) The people who he was trying to make his case to are now dead. So yeah, it's kind of moot. Yeah. So he he takes, takes them up to the helicopter uh, pad and they take this helicopter. Yeah. They grab some guns and ammo before, but yeah. And right. Yeah. I, this, Oh, right. Cause I've read about these on guns and ammo.com. That was a little bit over the top. I like that. That I enjoy. I like any hints of what the Terminator has been up to in the last 33 years. We'll get to the biggest one in a minute. We're coming up on it. Which is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> uh, so I, this, they, the thing I don't like is they both, both the T-3000 and then they have this helicopter. I don't like helicopter chases. And maybe it's because we just did the sixth day and I really hated the helicopters in there. I do not like any of this stuff. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, the helicopter in T-2 is good, but it's a helicopter chasing a truck. Yes. You know, whereas, yeah, this is helicopter chasing helicopter. It's like there's not much you can do. Like they're, they're zooming through the streets of San Francisco, and and what I really love about T two is that that was real, and I'm still impressed. Yeah, that, that they took a helicopter, flew it under a bridge. I yeah. can't believe that they they, do, they were doing some crazy things. Yeah. This is obviously all CGI. Yeah, yeah, and it's just I don't know. That's the big problem I think is yeah. I mean, I, you can't take a helicopter and zo- zoom it through the streets of San Francisco. I mean, at the very least. In T2, they were flying over an empty highway. So right. if they crash a helicopter, it's only the guy flying it who's dead. So, I mean, we say that pretty cavalier, but I well, understand the, what the you guy mean. knew what he was getting into. He knew yeah. the risks. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's any way to do this pro- this and not have it feel like fakey CGI. No, I don't but, think there is, and that's the reason I almost wish they they wouldn't do it, especially because really the only thing you get out of this is you get Arnold's line. I mean, that's yeah. that's it. That's a little shoehorn. I think this is one of the it, I, lesser instances of this. I don't think it's strong. It's shoehorned in, you're right, but I don't hate it either. Well, I kind of enjoy Sarah being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the part I enjoy. She's like, "What? Why are you saying this? You know, why are you saying I'll be back?" But he <laughs> he is successful because he destroys the chopper. Well, they could have dropped anything out of their helicopter. He's just like, "Why did he have to dive bomb it? Just like throw something out. All you have to do is throw a big heavy thing onto him." But here's what I want to know. So presumably, right, it crashes. How does John beat <laughs> yes. Sarah and I- Kyle? To the security desk. Yes, I have that exact same note. In essence, they've caused John to crash his helicopter and allowed him to get to the building faster. I don't understand. Right. Well, it's because he, I mean, they had to take the time to carefully land their helicopter. Meanwhile, he was on the ground already. He'd crashed. He's like, well, I'm indestructible. I don't care. Right. It didn't affect him at all. He, he may as well have shot himself out of, out of a cannon to Cyberdyne, <laughs> you know, from the, from the police. Uh, Anyway. Oh, and those poor security guys. We get a few more bodies here. The security guys are worse for wear. Yeah, three more bodies here, so that's 42. Um, what you really learn is you do not want to work for Cyberdyne. No. It is a bad job all around. Well, in T2, they get off mostly okay, right? Because it's, it's our heroes attacking Cyberdyne, and they don't kill anybody. You're so. right. Yeah, I mean, uh, John Connor's killing his own employees. Like, what do they do to deserve this? Don't you need them to do their jobs? That I get? He wanted no witnesses. To him being a robot? Is that the idea? He doesn't want them. He doesn't want anyone to know he's a robot. I to like any of it because I mean that's the that's what he says. Because that's the other thing too is even though he's you know evil the evil T three thousand, the John Connor must be in there a little bit because he he says something to the effect that he feels bad that he has to kill the the, the security guard. Oh yeah, John Connor is definitely still like still in his there. personality is there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, we learned that Skynet's evolving and yeah, the, every the whole, time the whole clock thing. I hate this. Yeah, it's, it's completely arbitrary. Yeah. It's like, Skynet, don't you have control over your own countdown? Like, you'd think so. Why don't you just release? Just release early. Hey, surprise! Everyone gets Genesis early. I mean, the, count- the countdown is already accelerating, right? Yeah. It's gone from like 12 hours to like two minutes. Or yeah, something. that the only reason is is to have this <laughs> right. why not dramatic just, finish. Why not just make it zero? Why, why, Skynet, why are you just putting it like... It's, it's, they say something like every time it, it, it he evolves... It it moves the clock up forward. So arbitrary. Why? And do you think everyone on their phone is suddenly getting having the clock? I I think so. That's what I'm thinking. Is people are like excited? Holy! Oh yes! Right. Imagine the 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 one billion people who are having to be disappointed. Kyle Reese got it as a birthday present. Now they got to get him a new birthday present. (laughs) You know? Imagine everyone's just they don't know what's going on. They don't know why. There's probably car accidents because people are looking, wait a minute, my, my countdown just changed. Did it change for you? That's true, yeah. And all the, all the billboards, the million billboards in the city of San Francisco, they're all changing. But anyway, uh, Pops throws a helicopter ski at uh, John and pins him to the screen. I hated that, too. Uh, I don't know. It's a little much. Like, well, the idea that he could throw that thing. At- he could throw it, but then why does that keep John in place? It's not magnetic. I mean, it's piercing him and pinning him to it I, he, it shouldn't have been that difficult because he pulls himself off the dumb way he goes all the way the long way right, down right. yeah go to the side literally John. the t1000 has done this before yeah and he's better than the t1000 he's 2000 better than he's, the t1000 he's not a t1 million but he is <laughs> no. 2000 better than the t1000 yeah, yeah just blooper yourself right out like the t1000 used to do so anyway we're at the point 
This we is get it. some backstory about Pops. Pops put Sarah's security uh, clearance. Uh, yes, like a handprint that so she could access parts of the building. Right. Like, How did you do that? Oh, I was I was I was on the construction crew that built this building, and un- this, until until he got laid off. <laughs> it, the best. So this, you just for a little bit of background, even though we're long, this is probably the reason why this podcast. Oh yeah, was made. This is the line of dialogue that launched 32 episodes and change. Yes, because we, in the parking lot, probably spent eight minutes just... I wasn't sure when we came out of the theater if you liked this as much as I did, meaning this this line. Mm -hmm. But you immediately said, oh, no, absolutely. Just the speculation that we thought, like, what was the T-800 doing for those 30 years? Yeah, what was his life like? What was his life like? I mean, it was things we were talking about, like, you know, did he have different things for lunch? Did he have to pretend like he was eating in front of his other union guys? Did he join a union? Was he eligible to work in the United States? Did he have a Social Security card or a green card? That's right. Did he have a Social Security number? There are so many questions we had about the T-800. Did he have a 401k? You know, did he take his vacation time? <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> the idea the, that a Terminator was employed, gainfully employed, <laughs> for who knows how long. I went, we're like, did, you know, did he go out for drinks? Did he make right. friends? Did he have rent to pay? You know, like, Where, bills? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Did he have friends? I like the idea of Pops just being <laughs> so upset at, like, an electric bill having to be paid twice or something. And, right. Yeah, I, and calling up the help desk. <laughs> <laughs> this, this bill is incorrect. I, I've already paid this bill. <laughs> there are, I mean, I, we've talked about the multiple times. I'm, I'm switching servers. Hasta la vista. <laughs> Going to your competitors. AT&T Ubers, here I come. <laughs> exactly. I Just mean, there, the idea that he would have a life there, at, it, at all. There, I mean, there is so much potential to mine in that of what happened during those three years. Yeah, that's a whole movie. There's your fifth movie. Yes. <laughs> We already had four. There's number five. And so, like, for us, that coming out of that, that's that really is where, like, if we if we could talk for 10 minutes about what the T-800 was doing in between the 30 years from 1984 to 2018 or 2017, yeah. we can do a podcast. Yeah, I think we were talking about, like, he's a Terminator. He obviously can carry a lot of things and do heavy lifting. Like, did they know that he could do that? Did they take advantage of it? Was it, was it kind of like... You know, an undocumented worker situation where it's like everyone knows he's a robot, but don't say anything. You know, <laughs> he's really, he really gets the job yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. Let's just keep this under wraps. I mean, it is Cyberdyne. Maybe they, maybe they thought he was just a, a highly advanced thing that they had built. It was like Vicky from Small I, Wonder. I guess they wouldn't have laid him off if they knew he was a robot. <laughs> that's the other. That's so funny that he got laid it off. So awesome, he got laid off. Yeah. Obviously, it has extra resonance for me now. It, it <laughs> has these days, and I and I don't. I'm sure it was a little. It was intentional, but I love the the T pops is he's. You can tell he's annoyed. I like I laid off. <laughs> yeah, he's really annoyed. He's probably like, I did a great job. There were other guys that didn't get laid <laughs> off, but I got laid off. He's still harboring a grudge. Yeah. Yes. Did I mean, yeah? Did he argue about his uh, cost of living? And he's like, this should be a bigger. This is not enough. This is unacceptable severance. That guy got a promotion and I was here before I work harder. So did he file a grievance with <laughs> right. the union? Yeah, exactly. Um, or maybe he was involved in like the leadership of the union. He was really, he's know, a union he, delegate? Yeah, exactly. He was the delegate. I mean, there, honestly, there, there are so, there's so much. We could probably spend an hour just coming up with ideas. Or just like some kind of an accident and like a girder falls in his head and he just finds like, oh, I mean, ouch. <laughs> Just someone take me to the hospital. The number of scenarios you can come up with of just 
the Terminator at work, you know, just like work every day, work a day. Terminator. I see that as like a YouTube series, Terminator <laughs> yeah, at work. Is. Oh my god, that would be great. How many different jobs the Terminator had? Right. Over, I mean, because you have YouTube channels that are like that, right? You have Skeletor, the the, the annoyed Skeletor, a guy who's dressed up in a Skeletor costume, sure. with everyday stuff. I mean, they're honestly a Cobra Commander. I know I've seen. Yeah, there's there's, there's a Darth Vader guy. There's a Darth Vader guy. There is the potential, if it's not out there, for somebody to just have the Terminator at work, 30 years of the job, the various jobs that he had. With, yeah. You know, was he... Because I'm guessing it wasn't... He wasn't just building Cyberdyne. There are other jobs that Terminator had. And do you think so? I mean, do you think he had to make a living in order to support himself? Like, not just, he could have just gone in a closet and like Not to support off. himself, but to build that cache of weapons. I don't think he probably wanted that's, to steal all those. That's true. I, I speculate he got jobs, they paid cash under the table, and he went and built that armory from the various jobs he had. Yeah, you're right. He Presumably all of his jobs were, in theory, to support his end goal of destroying Cyberdyne, but like... Yeah, it's it, and kind of what we were talking about earlier. It seems like there would have been much more direct ways. I'm going to work and make money and buy weapons and explosives and wait 33 years for my friends to arrive and then we'll go and blow it up. It's like you could have just why didn't you just <laughs> destroy it as you were building it? Do a crappy job building the foundation, yes. and then come around and hit with a hammer and it'll collapse. Man. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, let's move on. I mean, I wish we'd left ourselves more time for this. I I apologize for taking up so much time with our endless my endless uh, like timeline that, discussion. That's all right. I feel like it took away our time about this. That's all right. So I mean, I I just wanted to make sure the audience knew that 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 really it it began many years prior. To us talking about our love of Last Action Hero, and that's why that was episode one. Yeah. And it is perfect that this is the last episode because it this is that scene is really what. And what's funny is that almost everybody else probably that went into that movie, it's a total throwaway. But the two, to the two of us, right. that literally is, you can build a YouTube channel based on that line of it's, dialogue. It's one of the greatest lines of dialogue in the entire series because it just conjures, it, it opens up such a world of possibilities. So, so much stuff. You know, so much more so than the infinite timelines. It's just, I don't, we don't need infinite timelines. Just, we just need to know what happened in those 33 years. That's yeah. all we need to know. And what's funny is, in some ways, for me, the movie kind of goes downhill from that line, because the rest of this stuff I don't really care about. Yeah, I tend to agree. It's kind of standard action movie climax. Yeah, that, you know... They're it, setting it, explosives, and there's a countdown, and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty dull. I mean, I, I do think that the Terminator-Terminator battle here is pretty good. I like, you know, Jason Clark versus Arnold. I think most of this stuff is, is pretty pretty good and pretty cool. Yeah, it's okay. Because, you know, I we've said in T3, I don't like... Neither one of us like you. Really dislike the the fact it's in a bathroom, right? Um, that's that's an example of not a good one. I think this is pretty good. I don't think it's as good as the T one thousand versus the T eight hundred and T two, but still pretty good. No, no, no. I mean, the the thing is, I think if wherever you're setting the fight, you should use the setting. What's great about the T two fight is they're in this smelting place and they're using it, they're just smashing it with girders and stuff, and they yep. find, they're finding like pipes and stabbing them with like metal things, whatever. And in that, they set it up before. You think that they found something with the liquid nitrogen that should right. do in the T one thousand, right? And that still is one of the best sequences, not in the, just in the series, but in like action sci fi movies. I still love pulling back together. Yeah, well, no, not the pulling back together, but you know him when he's getting. Trying oh, yeah, to break yeah. free, and then you know, hasta la vista. I don't love as much. I like it. it it's it's okay, um, but they've used everything around 
the area. It's an industrial. It's totally believable that there's a liquid nitrogen truck that's on its way to that industrial plant, right? Sure. Wasn't that what the T-1000 hijacks? I think that's why that's there. Yeah, and it spills all over the place and gets on them. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think... Even T3, even though it's a bathroom, they at least try to use the bathroom in some possibly questionable ways. He's hitting it with a urinal and stuff. Right. Like. But, you know, they're using the environment, at least. I'll give them credit for that. Whereas here, it's just, you've got this time machine here, and yes, the fight ends in the time machine thing, but it's like, it's just basically just a big empty room. Yeah. You know, they're fighting on a gantry. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Like, they don't have any kind of, like, factory. Like, even, even in Terminator 1, where there's a factory, and it gets crushed by the press it's just like there's nothing here that really they can utilize other but yeah but i guess for me i like that they had to come up with an explanation of how you could stop this basically significantly advanced unstoppable and it's the time machine i think i don't know i i like that that's what's the ultimate undoing yeah what i don't like is that yes that somehow in this explosion pops first of all gets kicked out of the time machine and then the, that vat doesn't get destroyed with everything else. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously, they just didn't want to, they should have just committed to the ending that they had. Obviously, the, the thing that is most satisfying is if Pops dies. Yeah. Like, it's a Terminator movie. You're afraid to have the Terminator die at the end. It's like, that's what always happens. Yeah, and you're telling me if you really want Arnold the next one, you can't come up with an explanation of right. why there's one there? Yeah, I mean, they just, they just chickened out is really all it was. Yeah. They, I mean, I'm sure it was because of the sequel. They wanted Arnold to be liquid metal. But I, th- I, I think the ending would have been much, much better if... I mean, think I, T2, it's a great ending. Yeah, even T3 committed to killing the, the Terminator at the end. It's like, this is just... He needs it's to sacrifice himself for, right. the, for the people he's protecting. It's yeah. like, you know... It, it, and just the idea of, like, they're trying to tease you, like, next time, next movie, Arnold will be liquid metal. It's like, I don't care. I don't you know, want that's him not, to be. Yeah, exactly. It's that's like, not what he is. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's definitely not, like, better. He's like, I'm upgraded now. Uh, you know, it's like, I, it's not really an upgrade for the character. Not right? at all. Because, I, I mean, I think some of the things I don't, the battles that, that you've had, I like that he's the inferior model, but he's still successful. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, technically he would still be inferior if he was the T-1000 fighting the T-3000, but it's like, what do you do? You've got two liquid things fighting. Right. It would just be like, it would just be splatter everywhere. That's like, what I'm saying. I... I I don't think it's it's chickening out and just wanting him to survive when yeah. it doesn't make sense because you've had so many other times you've killed him and he comes back so just do it one more time in the sequel. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Why chicken out? It could have there's there's infinite number of T800s. It's not like if you kill Arnold off you can never ring him back. There was a whole freezer of them just <laughs> sitting there. Exactly. Um yeah, I don't know why. It's, it's so, it was a bad decision. Yeah, it's a bad decision. The the ending is weak, but it's it's still not the worst. I I still think T3 is the worst ending. Yeah, it's at least effective at what it's going for, even though I think it, it's a dumb way to end a movie, you know, because it's just there's nothing satisfying about it. No, but at least they, they committed to their downer ending, you know, quote unquote. We already talked about that in that episode, but like, you know, I don't know. It, this 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 ending is so wishy washy. I am tempted to say it might be the worst ending, even stupid uh, Terminator Salvation. I demand your heart because I'm John Connor. <laughs> I deserve it more than you. Even that, I think, at least they're committing to something. Yeah. This ending doesn't commit to anything. It, just, it, it, it even has a post-credit, like a mid-credit scene. Yeah, and I didn't remember seeing it in theaters. No, I don't Did think you? we stuck around. I didn't no, know about it until... We didn't. 
And it wasn't very far in either because I got in. It's only maybe like 40 seconds into the credits. I almost missed it again, and I only saw it in like tri- uh, trivia, IMDb trivia or something. I was like, oh, what? I, let, me, let me watch that. And well, it's, it's so stupid and pointless. But. It, it is. It's funny, though. I decided, I'm like, you know what? We didn't watch the credits last time. I better make sure. And right. then I'm like, oh, this is great. It's only like 40 seconds in. Now I know. I'm, I'm, I fast forwarded just to make sure, but I'm, I'm like, oh, this had to have been the only thing that was in there. Yeah, or maybe we saw it when we were walking out. I don't remember no, it at all. No, we didn't. I we we definitely did not stick around. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember it. But I mean, so. it's like not even. It's just like Skynet's not dead. Ooh, there's Big nothing surprise. really to it. Yeah, it's as if we care about that stupid, you know, Agent Smith hologram thing. Yeah, it's, it's just not a good villain. No. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about it, but it's just like it's it's one too many villains at the end of this movie. Yeah. So it is what it is. It is. So uh, you know, overall. There, I, I still say that I think there's a lot to like about this movie, and it's unfairly maligned. I agree. I mean, I, I think I think it is kind of divisive. I don't know if it's like universally maligned. I think there's definitely some people like us who think it's it, ha, it has a lot of things going for it. We're probably on the upper end in terms of like, yeah, even people who like it are kind of give it some caveats. Whereas I, I, we're we're both pretty enthusiastic about it. Yeah, all things considered, I. I'm not ashamed to say that I would recommend watching this. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, like at least it's trying to entertain. It's trying to be. It's it's trying too hard. It's like it's got too much going on. It has a little bit of like a flop sweat quality of just like, ah, you guys are, are you guys having fun? It's a little <laughs> trying a little too hard. What, what more can we? Can I get, can <laughs> right, I get you something yeah. to drink? It really aims to please in a way that maybe is as much a detriment as it is a benefit. But man, I, I'll take that compared to bland you know copycat t3 or like terminator salvation i don't even know what that is i i no, i i still think t3 is the worst of them all but i don't know what terminator salvation is supposed to be either it's barely a terminator movie yeah in, in a in lot name, of ways it, almost in name only and character names only yeah so all right that's that's uh that's terminator not just genesis. that's not just terminator genesis mission accomplished <laughs> yeah we've done them all we've done them all I mean, there there will be more Schwarzenegger movies, I'm sure, and we'll have to swing back around and, yep. and uh, pick them up when as they as they come out. But yeah, we did it. We did it. I feel like it's an accomplishment. I, I'm I, something I'm proud of. I think so. I agree. Um, yeah, there are 32 movies is a lot of movies, and you know, even even across two years or so. Yep, it's a lot of movies. It's an excruciating detail. <laughs> Yeah, how many um, hours do you think this total we've, we've racked up total? I mean, it's at least minimum two and a half hours average. Yeah, thirty-two movies. You know, so that's <laughs> and pl- plus all the bonus episodes and yeah. various things. Yeah, we're probably pushing a hundred hours. I never, I never when we started out, I never thought it would be anything like that. <laughs> uh, but it's been a, a fun journey overall. I mean, some of, even just some of the bonus episodes and the different things that we've tried. Uh, I like to think that we've gotten better too from you know from kind of the early days. I think so. I I, I went back recently and listened to something re- from the beginning, and I was just like, "Ooh, man!" I mean, it's more me. Like, I'm I'm pretty self critical. I, I I think I've gotten a lot better. At the very least, I'm more aware of of my st- stammering and enunciating. Like, I've gotten better. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I think some of that. I mean, I'm never going to be a great speaker, but it's like some of some of my ulterior motive for doing this was just like at least it'll force me to you know enunciate a little oh, better. That's good. If I could just say a few words, I'd be a better public speaker. <laughs> What's that from? The Simpsons. I don't remember that. Uh, it's the gazpacho when uh, Homer is trying to. Bart's the only one that laughs at that joke. Anyway, well, boy, I, does not ring a bell at all. Yeah. 
I'll have um, to look that up. But so yeah, Terminator Genesis, and we're now we're now done. What was the uh, the body? I don't know if you have anything else in this other than. No, I think we covered it. I mean, body count of 42. I didn't pick up any puns unless you did. No. Uh, I still, you know, I, and I'm the one who wanted the, the, the pun count. I'm still disappointed that it's my love affair of Commando and the Running Man is the reason why I, I, I thought that Arnold had more puns in his. I don't um, even think Commando really has that many. He's got like three or four. Yeah, but I mean, the, that's that's on the high end. I mean, that's the thing is, other than uh, Batman and Robin, that's that's kind of on right. the high end. Thank God for Batman and Robin, even though you know it's still Batman and Robin. But like, as far as our podcast is concerned, oh, it was off the it charts. Really buoyed up our pun count for yeah. sure. What was it thirty or something? It was something it was, some insane number. And, and the thirty three. And the percentage of his overall dialogue was just off the charts. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of that stuff, you know, this is the final numbered episode, but we're gonna have a couple wrap up. Yep. Uh, episodes so yeah next will be we'll do a season four recap and it'll be probably be like a overall favorite villain etc we'll kind of just do some like you know just general categories we'll kind of wrap up our thoughts on this whole uh, experience yeah yeah i was gonna say excursion i don't know like and then yeah so that, that'll be the next episode and then the one after that uh, i think we're planning to rank every we're gonna each come in with a ranking yep of every movie from 32 or 33 we're gonna include uh, uh Aftermath. I think we. Should, I mean, I. I know that was a bonus episode because we didn't go in depth. Yeah, we never did a full episode, and, and nor, nor will we. I don't think. Uh, no, probably not. But you know what? I think we should just do thirty-two because we didn't do it in depth. I don't know if that's fair, and I've only seen it the times that we did it. I haven't gone back and and watched it again. No, me neither. So I. I don't know if it's fair to put it in the rankings. To be honest, I. I think we should just stick with the thirty-two. I'm gonna put it somewhere in an unofficial spot. I'll say like you know, aftermath would go between right. here and here, but uh, yeah, we won't. Uh, That's fair. So yeah, we'll have a couple more uh, to do. Some some wrapping up to do. Some like big picture stuff. We can look back at this whole thing and see what we've learned. <laughs> I guess or just like you know what what we think holds up what doesn't hold up it's tough because i think it's some during some stretches of this podcast we were pretty negative but i think it just happened to be that we accidentally clumped a lot of bad movies together there were times where i worried that like we're being real negative you know and and, there'd be like three episodes in a row where it's like oh man but overall i think this is a very positive experience like i think i've come out with an even greater appreciation of arnold as a as an actor and just kind of being able to see the entire breadth of his career. Yeah. It's interesting to be able to really connect every dot and say like, and see where it started and where it ended. I agree. I mean, I'm going to save most of it for when we do those, but I'm, I'm glad. And it was really, I'm going to give most of the credit to you, the structure that ultimately we came up with, which was, you know, to break it up into eight, to force ourselves to do some of the movies that we wouldn't normally have done, but er, you know, some of them early on. Right. Cause I think this thing would have flamed yeah. out as, as soon oh, as, yeah. as if we had saved all the bad ones to last time, we would have had like thirteen episodes in a row of all bad movies. Like, yeah, that would have been a disaster. We, we would have quit. I mean, at some point, we would have hit the run of Junior and <laughs> yeah. um, the Vill- I mean, at some point, we we would have been. I'm not doing this anymore. So I agree. All in all, the regret that I'll have is that I wish some of the early ones that are some of our favorite movies. I wish we would have had them, not just. Because it would have given us some good stuff to look forward to here as we got into the last season. But it's also because I think we've done a better job on the podcast. I wish that we would have saved some of the movies we really loved for when we got a little bit better. Yeah, that's probably some some truth to that. I mean, I, th- I think some of those early ones, 
Um, you know, I, I think Last Action Hero, for instance, is fine just because we we at the beginning. I think at least certainly for me, I had a lot more energy and like. <laughs> There were times where it's just like, man, this podcast is a lot of work, and, you know. Like, and part of it is I was the one who, who started the idea of, you know, I would, st- I would watch the movie twice, and you know, you started kind of doing that also. And it's the be- I think it's the best way to do it in order to make sure we're covering everything and to really yeah. cover you know, from stem to stern every scene and everything, you know, noting everything. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a, a lot of work. So I don't know, like, you know, we'll, we'll talk in future episodes. We've got a few episodes left about like where we what may or may not do. go from here. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, I think after the next couple episodes, I would like to get a little bit of a break. So yeah. we'll see. We'll talk, we'll talk about it in upcoming episodes. Just absolutely. But yeah, anyway, Terminator Genesis 42. I, I, I didn't come in with a total body count. We'll cover that in future episodes. I, I, I was going to and I ran out of time and I thought like, you know what? It's better to just do it. Oh, I, I would have told you to do that in anyway. one of our wrap ups. Yeah. We, we, the audience doesn't know if you've been longtime listeners and listened well. You know, we went over a thousand a long time ago. Yeah, so we, it'll be greater than a thousand. I stopped, I stopped tracking cumulatively once we hit a thousand. I wanted to, I wanted to know when we crossed that threshold. And once we did, it's like, okay, it's irrelevant. I'll, I'll, I'll get a total count at the end. So yeah. we'll do that uh, next episode. So that's the show. That is the show. So thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast. I definitely recommend you follow us now because. Once we're gone, you know, keep an eye on our Twitter for when, if and when we come back with something else. For yep. sure, you know, we will be updating everyone. I haven't updated YouTube yet, so that's coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Literally, this always. is my first day on unemployment. The so. first day of the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. Actually, that was yesterday. Uh, and so, as speaking of YouTube, uh, and as well as <laughs> writing a favorable review or in the comment section down there, please on your podcast app of choice. You can follow us there, whether it's on SoundCloud or wherever else. And uh, Oh, that's something I totally forgot to talk to you about. Oh, SoundCloud apparently is going away. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that next episode. <laughs> so we're really, we've got all kinds of problems. I've gotten no notice from SoundCloud, but I saw in the news, like, SoundCloud is going out of business in like 50 days. So like, we're going to have to change our RSS. Like, that's the thing. I, that's, that's another reason why if you're not following us on Twitter... Please do, because we're probably going to have to change all of our links. Like, if you're subscribed to us on iTunes or anything like that, you're probably going to have to resubscribe, because SoundCloud is apparently collapsing <laughs> beneath our feet, and that's where we decided to host all our episodes. So, Of course. Yeah, of course. It's perfect timing, right, as we're closing out. <laughs> you know, so like, we will be gone, and people won't know where to find us if and when we come back. Like, man, it's the worst timing, but it is what it is. What it is. We can't control it. It is what it is. So... I will. Uh, I don't. We don't have anything to look forward to other than uh, maybe SoundCloud disappearing and our show disappearing, <laughs> and that we will have a recap episode coming up. And I will finish up the podcast on the last episode with our last cri- rule in a crisis situation. Yes, we will come back with a definitive list. Yes, next. Episode. So I decided for this one to not be movie specific, and it was just going to be because this was our last one. I wanted it to be something that was covered everything overall. So. My final rule in a crisis situation is never let a good crisis go to waste. Very good. I like it. Yeah. I like that the last one it wraps it all up. Yeah. So it's very appropriate. Stealing from uh, the mayor of, of Chicago when uh, he was out in Washington, D.C. At least I believe it's a credit, you know, credit name. Somebody else probably said it hundreds of years ago, but yeah. never let a good crisis go to waste. And I don't think we have on this, on this show. No, that's for sure. I mean, sometimes we were in crisis, depending on the movie we were watching. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, that's a good one. So anyway, we'll be back with a recap of some sort 